Why does Frank have that extraordinary accent? Why? Well, we tried all kinds of things. When I first read it, I read it German. I thought it was very like this, and I was sort of middle European and sort of... And um, that was a little used, I think. Um, so then we tried it American. And it was Jim Sharman, the director's idea, to make him um, the sort of Belgravia hostess with the mostest. So in that, and, and I remembered being on a bus once when uh, a, a very sort of Debbie lady in a headscarf turned to a friend <laughs> who, was, who was sitting in front of me and she said, Do you have a house in the town or a house in the country? And the phrase had always stuck in my mind, and so that's the voice that I use. I see. Um, it became a sort of trademark of it, maybe. Hey there, it's Tardy the Party, the Lord, Dan Roos, go pop the whole spray, because we haven't missed the first time around. We didn't miss it this time around, we're not doing Disney for the decades, because it's October, and I wanted to take a break, and it's not really a spooky movie, but Bill, one time, I said, well, I wanted to do this, and he said, no, we save it till October, so I said, okay, so we'll save it till October, and we'll save it, it like a year and a half October. ago, huh? Yeah. And it's now, as we're going to talk about it, because it's, it's, it's something you sure can talk about, it's the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So, this is your choice, but you've seen it before. Yeah, I saw it way too young to see it. Really? Okay, so what's your history with Rocky Horror, then? Um, I'm not sure. One of my older sisters probably rented it or bought it. I don't know, but I... It was... Man... Oh, how old would I have been? I was about to say, because I didn't think... I remember there being a big kerfuffle about how Rocky Horror did not come out on VHS until, like, the 90s, because I remember there's a whole thing about, like, they showed it once, once on MTV. Oh, let's see, go ahead. Rocky Horror... Uh because, uh, yeah, they showed it once on MTV, and they made a big deal out of the fact, like, this is the first time anyone's ever seen Rocky Horror outside of, like, a midnight screening. Well, you were outside of... It didn't become a you know, midnight screening thing until after it actually been in general issue theaters for, like, two weeks. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't come out... I don't remember it coming out in a video until... Granted, you are younger than I am. It was but. first... It was released on VHS on November 8th, 1990. So, really? even if you had seen it right then, Bill, you still would have been too young to yeah, see Yeah, I would have been, been 15 years old. But that's weird yeah. that I... Yeah, okay. Oh, shit. Yeah, because there's a whole thing, I think, because I think when the video came out, they had a whole thing where they showed it once on MTV, and it was a whole big deal, and they had, like, they did the live... I think they showed it live on TV with, like, a live audience, like, screaming mm-hmm. at the theater. That made me go, oh, thank God, I've never gone oh, to try to see this in a when... fucking theater. So that Ugh. happened many years. When would when did they show it on Fox? Oh, it was a Fox or something like that. Well, uh, yeah, it was on Fox because I remember the advertisements were all we're the only ones edgy enough to show so, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Are you talking about the original film or that shitty? Because did Fox do the shitty like the remake? Like the, the garbage lo- garbage uh, sense yeah. of like. Sanitized for TV, high school musical remake. You showed me a couple clips of that. I was like, this looks fucking... It does look like some fucking Glee bullshit. Where it's, like, made for fucking toddlers. Uh, not Mm -hmm. that, like, Rocky Horror is that, like, cutting edge or anything like that, but... Well, especially these days. Uh, fucking... Oh, God. So they did show it it on Fox a couple times. They showed it on Fox, but it was fucking weird as shit. (laughs) So they had to censor it. So it... So all, they... like, the statues in the background had their genitals oh, blurred out and stuff. Oh, I forgot about that. There would be things you'd and, have to censor in this movie. Okay, yeah. And they did a fucking wacko, backo, stupid thing <laughs> where they would cut away from the movie oh. to a live audience Maybe that's watching it. Up. Yeah, okay. And, like, they do... <sighs> they did various, like... 
they might have done various theaters or they did various casts. Casts, quote unquote. Well, was it the but shadow like, casts? I remember one of the dude playing Rocky on for the, the live theater was a schlubby guy who like, I just want to put on his gold that's, panties. That's kind of the terrible thing is no one can be as good as Tim Curry. Tim Curry set the gold standard and no one is ever going to meet or beat that. Especially no. some schlubby fan from North Dakota. Try to no, put on fishnets and be like, I'm a new Frankenfurter. And like, no. But the only thing you're gonna, the only, uh, like, maybe the people who go to the theater would enjoy that. But if you're a normal, normalish person who wants to watch Rocky Horror for the first time on Fox, <laughs> sure, whatever. Your parents won't let you rent it. Yeah. But then you see the people just fucking throwing toast at the screen and shit. You're like, I don't want a part of this. Well, that's the thing, the, the, the midnight screening dynamic of Rocky Horror, it's a social thing, so presumably you're going to go see it with your friends. And of course mm -hmm. with your friends, and you've probably seen the movie before with your friends, it's all kind of understood and shit like that, but like, that's... it also doesn't help. I, but I wouldn't want that <sighs> to be my first experience. No, see, yeah, uh, it's just... It'd be <sighs> like going to see The Room when they throw spoons at the screen. <sighs> Did they do that? I think so. I think of they throw spoons they would, whenever there's the spoon portrait. The forced, the forced, like, ironic fucking, oh, yeah, fucking hate people. I fucking, <laughs> fucking hate people. <laughs> so it's buck wild that both you and I, like, don't have this, this vitriol Although, towards this movie just because of the fans, because that's something we'll do. To be fair, you have a higher uh, uh, threshold for bullshit like that, because you went to True. the Bobby... Uh, Fatboy uh, Roberts and what's the other guy name? name? Here in it's Portland. Court weather. Uh, Fatboy and wasn't that Fatboy? Well, he hasn't been Fatboy for like ten years. Well, He's just Bobby Roberts. Now. What were the What were the two guys? What were their radio names though? It was uh, uh, Court Weather and Court and Fatboy. Fat That's what it was. Yeah, Court two local Boy. Portland uh, uh, radio guys would host live screenings of movies around town, which you went to go see a whole bunch of, right? Yeah. And you like that. I went to two yeah. of them and I wanted to fucking kill myself. You went to the early ones. They got yeah. way better about kicking it, people out and there wasn't not a, having a dude bros. It's not like uh, Court and Fatboy did anything wrong. I mean, they came up and they, no. they hosted the show and let, it, they just let the film play out. But the fucking... And it's not even like all the fans were terrible, but at both screenings I went to, there was one or two fucking jackasses who could not just shut up with the fucking running commentary yelling at the screen. Like, it's t it's totally, like, I love Mystery Science Theater 3000, but the worst thing in Mystery Science Theater 3000 ever no, did they, was convince they, the stupidest people in the world they could be as funny as Mike <laughs> and the Bots. No, oh. they, they started implementing a thing where the, they went up before every movie and said, All right, be cool. If you're not cool, That's the, 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 the staff here, are <laughs> they are chomping at the bit to throw That's people out, and they will throw your ass out. Because you go to see a movie for the social experience and seeing with other people, and I love a rowdy crowd, but you yeah. still have to be cool. So, like, oh the, la the very last thing they did, yeah. they, 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 they closed it out because they got fired from KUFO, the dumbest thing KUFO ever did. But and they got fired from that. And their very last midnight movie, they followed. They did like just a live show, and they're like, "We're okay. There's a surprise movie. We're gonna show fucking Star Wars." Oh, really? They showed okay. Star Wars, and there were people in the crowd. Every like C-3PO came on screen. <laughs> R2D2 came on screen. Princess Leia. People started clapping, and it finally stopped when my buddies who went there with me, like, they showed the scene of of. His aunt and uncle charred, laying on the ground, and this, <laughs> my friends started clapping, and nobody clapped after that. They got it. <laughs> That's fucking fantastic. 
I yeah. mean, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but like the first time I went to go see Aliens when I was 11 years old, that was with a midnight rowdy punk crowd. Uh, but that was like at a, that was like when the movie was brand new, so it's not like people were yelling at the at the screen. But it was a rowdy crowd, and everyone had a good time. Flash mm. forward, I saw Aliens at a Court and Fatboy screening. Where that was rowdy crap, but it was rowdy in the wrong way. Where it was this kind of shit, where like everyone had to be like they were yelling the lines at the screen before the character said it. Which even that is not so bad. But the people trying to make off the cuff riffs and jokes about the movie, just like oh yeah. my fucking god. And combined with that, and, uh, I don't know if you knew a lot of these people growing up, but I, because I went to a fucking arts uh, high school. I knew a lot of flaky art people, and they fucking worship this fucking movie. And it was always the flakiest, worst fucking people who had built their entire identity around this fucking movie. Drove me fucking crazy. <laughs> For the longest time, I just thought Rocky Horror must have been a total piece of shit to appeal to these fucking morons. In my old age, I've come to realize that people who are even more fucked up than I am or in, are in even more need of something desperate to cling to... And, of course, Rocky Horror would be a perfect thing for those people, so I should have been less judgmental, but still at the same time. <laughs> oh my fucking god. Yes, but yeah, they and did not help the reputation of yet. that goddamn movie, yeah. No. Uh, and so my parents would be all, because they know, oh, Billy, you like to draw and you like to hang out with the art people. Why did you want to go see the Rocky Horror? And I just don't want to be like, Mom, Dad, I know you I think got I'm a shit in Mickey's pants. <laughs> God, I was literally five years old. We're halfway just cramming some fucking new turns into that op pants. But I would be like, Mom and Dad, I know you think I'm some weird little quote-unquote art fag kid, but even I'm not that art faggy enough to be like, want to hang out with the Rocky Horror fans, because like... Oh my god, and that, that's not me, that that's what those kids would call themselves, it's not me like passing judgment yeah. on those kids. And like, I was actually friends with some of those people too, it's not like I was like, oh I'm so much better than these people, but like, it was the people, they were like, the Rocky Horror fans were like the furries of their time. Like, at least even yeah. when I was in high school. So, it was just, yeah. And so, so, so what did you think when so you actually you saw the film? Huh? So what did you think when you finally saw? Well, not finally because you saw it went way too young. So what did you? Um, so what did you? I think? don't remember exactly. I, I all I really remember is the parts in the bedrooms got fast forwarded by my sisters because they were trying to protect you, or they just didn't care. Because they were, they were like, even this is too much for a young Daniel. <laughs> oh, so they were trying to protect for you. For baby okay. Daniel, why? you can't watch Brad get a blowjob. Why? why watch the movie <laughs> at that point? Like, man, I don't know. Like, it's, like what do you expect is gonna happen? Um, so you didn't have. I, to... I, I remember liking it. I think. Okay. So you didn't have. You don't, like, have built up preconceptions about the movie before seeing it, right? You just no, saw it, and I that didn't was know it. it existed. See, that's the thing with me, because I only saw this movie for the first time, like, less than a decade ago. In fact, actually, if I would waited a couple years, I could have we could have just done it as a very early Tardy in the Party podcast project. Um, yeah. And I was, like, I, I was like, oh my god, this is actually pretty fun. I can kind of yeah. see... I could see why... If you're stuck out in the middle of fucking nowhere, and you're some kind of, like, nonconformist weirder for any reason, because you're just smarter than everyone else, your sexuality is different than everyone else, or whatever the fuck, I can totally <laughs> see why you would cling on to this one little fucking titanic door in this vast ocean of bullshit, and try to, like, live on this until you can finally get out of whatever horseshit town that you're growing up in, and, and, and see the real world. But, like... Well, yeah, it's, it wasn't like the internet existed at the time that you could just 
watch it and go with, and find well, weirdos adapt, yeah. that were were like you. Um, well, that's the thing, and so of course you would like hear like all oh, the all the weirdos and freaks hang out the like the local uh, uh, the the fucking Rocky Horror screenings, and so of course you would go there. And like I said, in retrospect, I can, I can totally see why people would not just like Doctor Hibbets there. <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah, he's, I can't remember. There's at some point he rolled up to a movie theater and it was playing something, itchy and scratchy, maybe, and he said, yeah. "I thought it was the Rocky Horror Picture Show." Especially with that being 20th Century Fox, they could have actually done like they actually have they never done he a was Rocky all dressed Horror? like Frankenfurter. Have they not done a Rocky Horror segment of the Treehouse of Horror? I don't think so. I mean, they may have like in season 23 or something we haven't seen, but like I'm surprised even the Golden Age of the Simpsons they didn't do something, something like that. Uh, <laughs> I was about to ask who, which Simpsons character would make the best uh, uh, Frankenfurter outside of Dr. Hibbert, but I can't even imagine. Um, but, yeah, so, I only, yeah, so, okay, I didn't realize you had seen that long ago. Had you seen it in a while before uh, this week? It had been a little, it had been a grip. Oh, okay. And I, I there was a certain, I always started, like, with the, um, uh, uh, There's a Light song. I just skipped Dammit oh, Janet. Well, yeah. I've never cared much for Dammit Janet. So much so that I for I didn't remember it all <laughs> took place outside of a church. Yeah. Uh, it does take like 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes to really get started. It is just like, I think the only like, value at the start is just like you get to see Dr. Frank Frankenfurter and some of the other Transylvanians are there kind of like under, I don't know if they're supposed to be in disguise or if they just thought it would be funny to do like a Wizard of Oz thing where it's just like the same actors are already showing up in this part before the cool start of the part of the movie starts, but... Boy, the guy from from Spin City and the dorky friend that got married sure do that awkward guy punch really good. I guess we're in the blow by blow, but yeah, um, I guess there's nothing well to say, yeah. say about talking lips, <laughs> which I nah. guess I guess that's that's yeah, that's the that's uh, Riff Rack who's the one that wrote this whole thing. Singing it, thing. but it's not. I want to call her magenta. It's uh yeah, it's magenta. It's a magenta, but I because it's confusing because the other girl, Columbia, she has the magenta hair, but she's not called magenta, so that always yeah. confuses the hell out of me. But yeah, that's her, I, should, I guess we, that's I, her mouth lip syncing over Richard O'Brien's singing yeah. voice. Yeah. Before we get too deep into it, I do want to say we'll be using, uh, since they use them in the movie, we'll be calling Frankenfurter he him because that's the pronouns they use in the movie. Oh man, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's well, uh, well, that's <laughs> it's actually kind of like talking. So I'm about... not we're not trying to be insensitive. I'm just using what they. I mean, they that, all those use are the pronouns. The yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the weird thing because, like, Doctor, I mean, although they're aliens too, so they not may not necessarily subscribe to the same definitions of gender that we do in terms of like binary, she him. But uh, yeah, you know, I always forget that he has specifically. Uh, transsexual because I remember when I was in high school I would know uh, gay folks who they would point to Frankenfurter as proof that just because you're transvestite doesn't necessarily mean you're not transsexual. I'm trying to think of it. Just because you're just because you dress in women's clothes doesn't necessarily mean you want to be a woman, which is funny because the half the thing he is from transsexual Transylvania. So I guess they. I, anyway, what the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> I was. Two white guys. No we're big. gonna fuck up yeah. identity politics big time. No. But, uh, but yeah, that's one of the funny things as a kid. I always had like, like when Ed Wood came out, a lot of mm -hmm. the art kids I knew they kind of pointed that as like, see Ed Wood, he's a transvestite, but he's not transsexual. And I don't know if they were just saying that because maybe they were a little overly defensive about how just because just because you might want to dress in women's clothes might make you gay or something like that. But um, it had hammered into me when I was in high school that like, 
Yeah, just because you want to wear women's clothing does not either make you gay or make you transsexual, which I'm sure in this day and age would be... <laughs> it just means you like pants without pockets, because <laughs> why the fuck can't the... ladies' pants have pockets? Yeah, uh, from a purely practical perspective, you think you want to dress in men's clothing just for like, yeah, because it's actually functional. Pants, for pockets, pockets. keeps your legs warm, but, um... But yeah, let's say exactly. He's he he him and everything. Which I kind of like. Actually, I'm sure Rocky Horror, the movie itself, has not aged that well for a lot of LGBTQ non-binary, you know, trans people yeah. these days. That's not for us to say. But that's so not let's us. Not, but like, let's not dwell on it. Because well, well, that's the because I see a lot of street people have always held up like Rocky Horror is like. Every gay and, and and queer person must love this movie and a queer some people, um, queer yeah, people like. Very. I'm sure it's, it's got a wide variety of opinions on how they feel about uh, it. Almost but, like every every person's an individual. Exactly. Uh, well, speaking of the Wizard of Oz thing, I didn't realize this until reading about uh, trivia for the uh, this week's episode. I guess the original idea was that this whole opening was going to be a black and white, just mm. like the Wizard of Oz, which totally plays into the thing that you got all these Transylvanians in disguise. Not in disguise, but you say have the same actors, like, from the, 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 the castle later here playing the wedding guests. Just like the Wizard of Oz, and I guess in the original idea, it was like, all gonna be black and white until um, you first see Dr. Frankfurter's lips, and they would have been in color, and suddenly the whole thing would have smashed the color on after that. And I guess for a while, th that would have been a little too technically difficult to do, but they were going to at least do it so that, like, when Riff Raff opens the door to the ballroom, that's when it would have changed the color. And even then, Funny Century Fox is like, no, that's too... This movie's too weird. We don't want you doing that shit on top of that, too. Just make the whole thing fucking color. And so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, fucking... <laughs> fucking... Hey. I forgot about Spin City! That's because I <laughs> saw this a couple years ago. I was like, I had no idea Spin City was... And Susan Sarandon. Mm -hmm. Um... Yeah, it's 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 my favorite Little Women prequel is this movie. Um, oh man. Uh, so yeah, they're getting married. Oh no! Hey, did, that, did you want to just jump straight to the castle stuff? No, 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 no. Okay. We'll do it. Oh, you don't want to talk about the child coffin? <laughs> <laughs> I guess maybe that's jumping ahead. But yeah, there's there's yeah fucking. Uh, they sing a song. Yeah. Damn it, Janet. It's fine. It's, it's fine. My least favorite song on the soundtrack, but that's not saying a lot much because there's so many bangers. So you've listened to the soundtrack a whole bunch too. Oh, I know well, every that's, word. Uh, this is the other thing we should talk about too. We're that we're technically talking about the UK version because I had never seen that nope, before. You are. I'm not. Uh, well, well, you know what? I <laughs> I had to rent it on YouTube, so it's just the regular ass version. Uh, you know what? I saw it, and literally, it's only like a difference of like ten seconds. Uh, the yeah, end I watched song. The, I watched the alt ending song. Yeah, the yeah. end song is the literally just like ten more seconds, and it's yeah. edited slightly different. That's the only difference. I'm yeah. not sure there's more differences, but as a normal human being has only seen this movie a handful of times. That's but that song's on the tell. soundtrack, so I've heard it. But then you were saying there were other songs that are like in, in, in both versions of the movie that aren't on the soundtrack, like they're yeah, like sort basic of, songs, sort of, like not just Sword of Sword of Damocles is not on the like official soundtrack. Justify, like that's not game. And any any soundtrack I have found it on, it's always the actual movie thing where you can hear Frankenfurter in the oh, background, y'all, yeah. and stuff. Favorite, one of my favorite parts of this movie is seeing how everyone in high heels deals with running up and down that ramp a million times in this movie. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, there's wedding. Brad and well, no, it's not Brad and Janet's wedding. They're going to a wedding for someone else, and yeah, you, the, the, I, yeah, they're being chummy with. And the Janet catches the bouquet, and Brad really likes the special way she beat the other girls to the bride's bouquet. Yeah, man, you All know, this movie is so. I have to admit, this movie is really kind of progressive and. How much of this movie is just taking one big steaming shit 
over fucking normal whitewashed America fucking mm-hmm. fucking it's and it's funny to think this movie because we just did Night of the Living Dead last week and I was talking about how modern that movie feels and this movie which is only a couple years newer than Night of the Living Dead this is only made like you know, like six or seven years later this is totally taking a John Waters quality like just making fun of like white bread heterosexual America because like fucking Brad and Jenner are such pieces of shit this <laughs> which is weird because it's British uh, that, well, yeah, that's the other thing, because it was like Richard Bryan or Richard or Bryan, he grew up in like New Zealand and all the kinds of different places. I don't think he spent that much time in America, actually, but they're taking... Well, I guess part of the thing, too, because I guess, the, well, this is based off a play, and everyone, mm-hmm. of course everyone in the play was British or, like, they weren't American. But I guess part of the thing with 20th Century Fox is said, we want to make a movie, but we got to make the two leads American just because we're, you know, America. Which, like, I, I've never seen the original play, obviously. I don't Obviously. think there's any recordings of it, and so I, you, there is. You can find an audio recording, so you can hear like the audience reaction. Okay, it's on YouTube. But like because like turning Brad and Janet into such like Ohio American, like oh gee Willikers, it's mm-hmm. <laughs> and adds an extra dimension of 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 just like skewering like heteronormative bullshit so, in America. But yeah, don't look it up if you don't already know Bill. Do you know who played Brad in the original? Oh, I did. That's the reason I. I, There's two. You're the only person. You are one of two people. You and Bobby Roberts are the only people I know that would actually know who this motherfucker is. He played Zev. Yeah. I even know the character's name. Of course you do. Well, that's the other thing. Well, the funny thing watching this movie too, I didn't realize until for the first time watching for the podcast. The cinematographer of this fucking movie is the same guy who was the cinematographer on The Empire Strikes Back. And yeah, this is the other thing. I, yeah, well, you tell me. You you have the trivia, Mister Trivia Master, Mister Wizard. I'm the trivia man. What's who played Brad in the original stage? Christopher play? Malcolm. Which I don't even know what that. I've never heard that name before. But he's the guy who plays <laughs> uh, the rebel pilot in The Empire Strikes Back, who finds Han Solo and uh, Luke Skywalker on Hoth. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. So just throwing that out. That's fucking crazy. I feel bad for that guy because I'm assuming he must have been a pretty good Brad. And so I, like, not that, you know, fucking Spin City's bad either, but, like, it would have been nice to see the entire original cast. No, Spin City's great. <sighs> hey, uh, the narrator, every time I see him, I'm like, that motherfucker looks like he belongs in a Star Wars saying something about Death Stars. But he's not, he, right? But he's not. He's Blofeld okay. from from James Bond. Uh-huh. What do you but, think about it? It's been a while since I've seen... Uh, ever okay. since I was a kid, I thought that motherfucker was, like, the one piloting the the, the walkers on Hawk. I could but, totally see that. That guy should totally but that, be... Yeah. But it's the different guy who looks like that guy. <laughs> John, as actually, who's also actually the villain in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. But that yeah. guy should totally be, like, I could totally see him in a gray... They could be brothers. Outfit. Yeah, he should totally be, like, snapping his heels in a gray imperial outfit while Darth Vader is, like, jerking <laughs> off in front of him or something. Yeah. And, of course, Susan Sarandon... Who I know people make fun of these days because she's like an elderly leftist person who says like out of touch and stupid shit. But she forever gets a pass because of this fucking movie. This movie is so fucking stupid. I love it. Oh my god. What are you talking about? Uh, maybe so. No, maybe I shouldn't say that because maybe Susan her uh, Susan Sarandon did eat a, ba- eat a baby or something like that once, and I don't know it, but. Um, but I do love, like, that they're singing and they go into the chapel, and of course because, like, it's all the fucking Transylvanians are in there, like, dude, I never noticed this thing when they go in and the Transylvanians are, like, tending in some flowers, and, and Brad Janet, the Kim, when they spin the, the pots, the plants and everything, so they're suddenly black? For no mm. reason, it's just a weird, like, the movie doesn't call attention to it, but again, this is something I didn't notice. I've only seen this movie, like, three times, but, yeah, seeing it last night, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, and it's, and it's just, whatever, shut up. But they, uh, but they go to the chapel. 
fucking Frankenfurter and the other people. They bring in. I don't know if it's supposed to be a child's coffin. Or if it's just a pro tiny prop. <laughs> I get the thing, feeling like more that was the easiest prop for them to make for the production. Mm. But yeah, honestly, I guess they're getting the chapel ready for like a child's funeral. Yay! Uh, which, I mean, that's totally in keeping with the vibe of the film, but. Oh, God. Brad's got like a fucking plaid tie and everything, too. What a fucking dip. I also forget this is 1975, too, so. Well, yeah, the movie, aside from a couple of, like, those weird 70s zooms that they love so much in the 70s, this mm -hmm. movie doesn't feel like a 70s film. If you'd stuck a gun to my head, aside from the thing where they're listening to the Nixon resignation on the radio in the car, I would assume this movie was at least, like, early 80s, at least. Like, almost, like, 10 years later than it was made. Um, and it doesn't have that weird 70s film stock that so many things ha seem to have. The score, I mean, it's all like, you know, rock music, but it doesn't sound like shitty, it's not like disco or anything like that. Granted, we're still a little early for disco, but it doesn't sound like 70s, it doesn't sound like fucking Creedence Clearwater Revival or anything like that. It sounds modern. Uh, yeah, but it's yeah. all very timeless. Yeah, if for a movie made in 1975, I can't imagine a movie that's more, even aside from like the whole gonzo, like sexual shit aside, like... Again, again, it's a sense of humor. This movie's more of a Gonzo movie than some John Waters' own movies, which I fucking love. But yeah, the criminolog <laughs> criminologist. I fucking love that. It totally looks like Imperial Dude. Yeah, he should have his own Adat Walker. Uh, so mm -hmm. what? So they get in their car and go away? Yeah, they go to, to see uh, Dr. Scott because they met in his classroom, and they're such fucking dweebs. They're like, hey, we gotta go tell our teacher. We just... Oh, that's right, because... Oh, because they have not just got married, but they've agreed to get married, because that's the whole point of Damn It Janet, right? Mm -hmm. That he's proposing to her. Correct. And so, yeah, even though it's, like, Friday at, like, midnight, they've gotta go drive to Ms. Dr. Scott's house to say, hey, I guess we just got engaged, I guess? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but it was stormy. And the air in their tire was low, and being young, dumb, and full of, well, you know. Fun. Uh, they risked it anyway, and it would lead to a night they would remember for a very long time. And they were listening, they were having a good time in their car listening to Nixon talk. Which Who I doesn't know. love it? I don't know. I was listening to something the other day, and they were talking about, oh, it's, I think it's Moonrise Kingdom, and for some reason they're in a car, and they're talking about, like, the Robert Kennedy assassination on there, and I'm like, what is it with movies having, like, the most dire news on the radio going on while, like, the characters aren't even paying attention to the radio? I guess it places it at a certain time. I almost wish they didn't have that, because otherwise you could say the movie takes place pretty much fucking any time. Yeah, it could, yeah. Uh, the movie would be actually way, even more, way more timeless if it didn't. I mean, I guess he could just be listening to what on tape or well, I guess maybe on 8-track for 1975, but yeah. Um, I like that the, a motorcycle goes by them, and it's like, that's the third motorcycle we've seen, and I like the way Brad's such a fucking huge nerd, he's like, life is pretty cheap for those types. That's what I said, I love that kind of like... Well, he's such yeah. a tool. Sneering, middle-class, fucking whitehead or an order of like, maybe, 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 mm -hmm. yeah. He's not a tool that can fix a tire, because they get a flat one. Hi. He's, yeah, too, too big of a tool to fix the car, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't fit on the lug nuts. So we're not gonna go back to that old pet castle they passed a few miles back. And uh, Janet insists on coming with him. She don't want to stay in the car. There's a sign on the gate that says "Enter at your own risk," and it's one of the '70s zoom-ins that way the movie yeah, used to use. Yeah, yeah, it looks a little Looney Tunes cartoonish. Yeah. Then they gotta sing a song about how there's a light over at the Frankenstein place. I'm shocked of all the songs you could cut from this movie too. You could totally cut this because like. It's just adding another five minutes of them just slowly walking up to the house. 
Which yeah. I mean, it's fine. I mean, you get to see. I mean, it, I guess it does establish riffraff up in the up in that up little in window. window. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but that's actually kind of I do like from a technical perspective, and which also looks very seventies. But I love how it goes from a close up of riffraff in the window, like to to racking out and to suddenly showing, uh, fucking Brad cartoon Janet like, in the rain. Oh. Well, also the yeah, the big animated cartoon lightning and shit <laughs> like that too, which is great. And I love that they took like an actual like mansion in England and added like a glowing geodesic dome to the mm -hmm. roof and it's not like a visual effect they actually actually had a big prop but like it looks so stupid i love that's the best way they could kind of make it look like an alien spaceship oh god uh, so <laughs> this is a, was the first time i know all the lyrics to all the songs okay but this was the first time i actually like i watched it with subtitles i was like actually trying to watch it and see if the songs were like talking about what was happening or clear up anything nah oh, they're yeah. just saying they're going over to the frankenstein place well, I was. This is the first time I sat down. Riff Racks is like the darkness must grow out the window of night, <laughs> screaming. Flow, slow Morpheus, slow. Yeah, all this that's exactly stuff, what he's and saying. I'm, like, I'm watching it now. Well, well I, uh, it's all that doesn't clear anything up. <laughs> well, it's all kind of sad and melancholy. It's yeah. it, it's also weird too because I this is the first time I sat down and tried to look at the lyrics for Frankenfurter's last song. I'm going home, and it really oh, that is. doesn't clear anything up. He's just like, I'm going home, I'm going home. Yep. Cards for pain, cards for pleasure. I'm going cards home, for I'm sorrow, going home. Cards and that's for it. <laughs> like, yep. I was like, okay, well, that's... I yep. mean, it's, it's all in Curry's performance. There's nothing interesting in the lyrics, but yeah. No. Uh, that's so, yeah. pretty much all the songs. Yeah, it's just atmosphere, but it doesn't really mean anything. They're all really good songs, but like that's they don't the add or subtract from I the plot. I fucking hate watching this again, because I will spend the next month with my mind jumbling all the songs up in a big fucking jukebox, mm. which I am very particular. Just it doesn't take, a, like it simultaneously doesn't take a lot, but also does take a lot for music to get stuck in my head. If it's if it's really super melodic, it gets mm -hmm. stuck in my head, and like fucking Rocky Horror does it to me every fucking time because the songs are, and not just like entire songs, but just catches and little bits and pieces of different songs will get stuck in my head just after just watching it once. And I like I said, I've not seen this movie a whole bunch of times either, but. Yeah, the, 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 all the songs are so catchy and everything, but, uh, but yeah, they're still, I'm watching it live now in real time, and they're still singing and stuff, but, uh, yeah. they go to house. They go to house, and, uh, it's impressive how little actually happens during the song, it's mostly just Janet standing around with newspaper over her head, say, uh, motorcycles drive past them, riffraff sings in her window, cartoon lightning's drawn. Because yeah. I know they cut out other songs just for pacing issues, and I think, I'm shocked that they kind of left the song in, yeah. Uh, a quick narrator saying that Fortune had smiled on Brad and Janet. They had found the help they required. Or did they? <laughs> they go to the door. Janet's uneasy. But Brad's like, hey, it's all good, baby. And he rings the doorbell. Riff Rack at Wrath Answers, looking all hunched over, tired, and bony. Riff Rack is good. This is, this is actually one of the best character designs, makeup jobs in any movie, because he so looks like a scumbag piece of shit. <laughs> Igor, like that, even with the big pillow, he's obviously just got like a pillow over his shoulders to kind of give him a fake, which I guess the hunchback disappears at the end of the yeah. film, so I guess it is supposed to be fake, but like, he's just so bony and skinny, and like, mm -hmm. he looks like a Mad Magazine caricature of himself, and it's fantastic. I love the greasy blonde hair, and he's going bald. And, and the voice he does constantly. He's talking yes. like, uh, he's talking like, uh, the, the, the brother at the beginning of uh, Night of the Living Dead. Like, how many good you bought? That's a joke because you know. I knows it. I knows it. I knows it. 
Anyway, so he yeah okay, but yeah, this is yeah. yeah. They broke down. God used the phone. He points. <laughs> he says, "You're all wet." And Jazz says, <laughs> "Yes, it's raining." It's just the most. I, I mean, it wasn't until watching this movie this time too. I picked up on they do a little more weirder things like that to kind of like insinuate that these characters are, are aliens. Mm -hmm. I there's a bit later with the Earth like uh, fucking Rafer <laughs> first uh, when Doctor Scott shows up, he calls him an Earthling, and yeah. fucking uh, Frankfurter gets upset. I never picked up on that before, but like I so mm -hmm. I guess maybe the raining thing is supposed to be that too. Maybe. Although, also, Rock does seem to be kind of stonewalling them a little bit, because I guess he is trying to keep people out because, you know, the Transylvanians are supposed to show up, and they're about to start their big party, and he doesn't want anyone interfering. But He thinks they both better come inside. It turns good. out they arrived on a rather special night. The Master's throwing on one of his events. And Janice says, lucky him. And then... Wait, Magento says, yeah, we gotta say he's lucky, yeah. you're lucky, we're all lucky, we. It's weird, too, because Magenta's actually sitting there for a while. Because yeah. like, they, they walk past the banister, and she's actually up on the banister, already leaning against it for like a good like minute and a half before she suddenly makes her presence known. And if you watch that knowing that she's there, it's just kind of funny. But then just, yeah, she, she slides down the banister and starts, we're screaming, we're lucky, lucky, we're all lucky. And it's like, okay, this place is fucking weird. It's a cookie place. It's cookie place. It's cookie. The clock starts chiming and Riffraff starts talking. Hell, it's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes control. Listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control. And he remembers doing the time warp. What the fuck is the time warp, Bill? <laughs> this is totally... I would say this song is the Shapoopy <laughs> of this. But half the songs... Are the Shapoopy the fat? Well, actually, the real Shapoopy in the song is Hot Patootie, because mm. that's even more like this does not even need to be in this movie. This character does not need to be in this movie. But like, the, why? Especially, I love how abrupt he just goes into the time warp. And well, it's funny because even the lead up to the start, real start of the time warp, he is just like, eh, time madness takes its uh, toll. He's like the slow temple thing, and suddenly he just starts screaming, mm -hmm. da -da and just like the temple suddenly explodes, and that's even before. He even opens up the ballroom doors, and that's of course when the whole movie just turns into fucking Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> is the time warp just the dance? Name? I'm assuming so. Although, the, from the way he's talking, it sounds like it's a giant drug metaphor because he's talking about blacking out and all the things the time warp mm. will do to you. And I am shocked I've never heard of uh, there has to be marijuana strain called the time warp because oh, for sure. that's the whole point why you would give pot silly names is to call pot the time warp but uh but yeah i remember do the time warp. i don't know i love his big kicky thing he tries to do yeah <laughs> and you know what i have to give props to richard o'brien because i know he's supposed to be non-binary and stuff and i guess he does have politics that like today with today's trans people are not that necessarily that uh, accepted or whatever, but I love the fact that he, he put himself in his own movie and he's super non-binary. But I love he made himself the ugliest man in the movie who moves like like he moves like a Frankenstein. And the way he tries to theater kick looks so awkward and stupid. <laughs> I just I love the performances. Guy, I love Riff Raff. He's actually generally one of my favorite characters. Yeah, he's but yeah, fantastic. they run to the theater, do uh, the ballroom doors, and what the f and that's this actually one of those other seventy smash rooms that you're talking about. Yeah, hey, it's just a jump to the the left. I love the criminolo criminologist has a, a whole chart. So oh, yeah, I wait, get the, the way he gets more and more hyped as it goes on, 
It was great. Well, Every time funny. they cut back to him, he's getting more excited about it. Right from the start, the movie's leaning, already leaning harder and harder on the fourth wall, with the criminologist getting so excited about the story he's telling you. It's mm-hmm. fucking great. I can totally see why this movie became a fucking, like, cult classic midnight hit, because Jesus Christ. This party looks like, uh, what if the weird sex party people from Eyes Wide Shut were really into cake and puppet shows <laughs> instead of sex? That's Pee-wee's plans! It's, it's, I, and I would have vastly preferred to be at this sex party than at it's, the sex party in, in uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Are these the kind of parties Jombie the Genie throws? <laughs> I think Jombie the Genie is just an escaped Transylvanian. Yeah, exactly. He's a Transylvanian, too. He just... Oh, my God. I wouldn't... Man... <laughs> I want. Can someone redo, put a skin on ca- Symphony of the Night? So instead of just like, it's not just the castle, but it's the castle from uh, Rocky Horror. Mm. And, although, if there's a way you could beat the game without beating up Frankenfurter, I would totally be done with that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, you know what? The funny thing, too, is looking up some making of materials about this, and there's a little bit of YouTube footage of um, them shooting uh, this whole sequence. I didn't realize this, so I just assumed that this old castle where the movie is supposed to be taking place at, I would have assumed that they had just found an old castle just for the exterior shots and everything else would have filmed been filmed on uh, sound stages. But no, I guess actually a big chunk of this fil- were actually filmed inside of that fucking castle. Uh, hmm. This ballroom is actually the ballroom that's at that castle, which is funny because, like, that castle must have been a piece of shit because they spray-painted all the walls, like, with sky colors... And, like, they really fucked up this place to make this movie. Um, I know, uh, well, half the movie takes place in Frankenfurter's lab, and I know that's a set. Uh, but, and I think the theater with the pool at the end, that's a set. But, yeah, everything else with all the hallways, the ballroom, hey. uh, every, that's actually at the castle. Yeah, go ahead. This movie got really good colors. Why don't nobody ever talk about color in this movie? Because it's, it's very, that's it, but it's, like, nice. Like, and- people talk about the colors in Suspiria a lot, and that movie sucks ass. Mm-hmm. Why not it. talk about the reds in this? We gotta give props to Peter Shusitsky, who is the uh, cinematographer of The Empire Strikes Back, and that's a very colorful film, too. Oh, uh, but yeah, no, it's, like, nice and bright and colorful, but, again, it doesn't look like, like, a drab and dreary kind of 70s movie, though. It mm-hmm. looks just really, again, it looks like a movie that could have been made, like, ten years later, like, like Pee-wee's Playhouse Yeah, the, shit. the like, only thing like, that's really 70s in this movie is Brad's collar of his jacket. A little bit, yeah, he's got that broad collar. But I like, even, even like, their costuming, it's not like they're wearing bell-bottoms or anything like that, too. I guess, no. uh, Janet's... Well, they're, I, they're probably also supposed to feel like they just stepped out of the 50s. I think that's, I think that's part of the, what helps the timelessness, is that what little we see of the world outside of the castle is, like, retro 50s shit. So it's yeah. none of it's, like, really timely to when it was made. But yeah, I just fuck, love all the fucking garbage. Like, they, when Columbia first uh, shows up, she's sitting on top of a rock, uh, rock and roll uh, fucking jukebox. And they've got fucking palm trees with Christmas lights. And it totally is like the set decorator was Pee Wee Herman. It's fucking mm-hmm. great. Um, yeah. yeah, and the, this the fact this is an actual ballroom at that fucking castle. Which... Um, I did see people, they went and visited that castle these days, and it's totally been renovated and it looks like shit. Um, they of course stripped out all the cool rotting Victorian wallpaper, which is half the reason why they shot this movie at this place. And they replaced it with just, like, beige paint, and it looks terrible. looks like an old folks' home more than a gothic castle. Uh, but they do have a little, (laughs) they do have a little shrine of the Rocky Horror inside the castle these days. Mm. And, uh, so it's not all terrible, but... Yes, I just love the Ooh. fact that they did this to a real fucking ballroom in a real fucking... I guess, 
English castle. Supposedly the time warp was just written for kind of an excuse for her to tap dance. Oh, for uh, Columbia? Yeah, to tap dance. Wait, is that not part of the original musical? I guess not. Maybe that's, they added it later. That's but. weird, because that's such like the signature thing in this movie. Mm -hmm. Huh. Well, I, I guess, might be I might be mistaken, but I read that in a couple different places. I mean, I wouldn't be a bit surprised. I'm sure they had to. She said it was written for the for her to do tap. I wonder if they had to remove any songs from the original thing too to make room for like if if stuff like this. Well, if, if they had to add stuff like the time warp to the stage play later once the movie blew up. Um, I just love the costume where the Transylvanians where they're all wearing suits, but like they're all wearing the spats and and like sunglasses, but they're not all wearing the same sunglasses and little hats and. It's... I like how inclusive all of them is. There's well, a there's the a black other... person, there's a little person, there's an Asian person, there's lots of white people, but still. Yeah, I mean, but still, and like the fact that you've got a, like a disabled guy later on who has fucking high heels and fishnets, like mm -hmm. again for 1970, even by today's standards, this movie's fucking crazy inclusive. Like even in this age of like political correctness, where like companies like cram in fucking bullshit just to just just to get the fucking. Uh, Twitter leftists off their back. This is where it's more earnestly like, let's just like have all kinds of people in this movie. We're not, it's not, we're not like, uh, you know, fucking just doing this because of demographics or anything like that. We just like, like, want to have a whole bunch of different. And part of it is also the Transylvanians are supposed to be weird because they're aliens. So they got like a bunch of goofy looking people. I love the fat lady. There's a little person. Like, mm -hmm. it's all fucking. <laughs> it's great. I love that this thing seems like a cool bunch of people to hang out with. Until Frankenfurter shows up and you realize, and that's one of the other things, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I do love one of the things that, like, even though Frankenfurter is great and everyone loves Tim Curry, this movie pulls no punches in pointing out that Frankenfurter's a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Like, that's the other thing I do appreciate about this movie, because this movie's so rah-rah nonconformity. Like, I do love the movie that even points out that the most nonconformist movie person in this movie is, like, this abusive piece of shit who just uses other people, so even within their own stuff. I mean... I guess that's the reason he gets killed, because fucking Riff Raff is like, you, you're even too fucked up for you, for even us. But even aside from that, like... Yeah. I, but sh anyway, so... That little Nell, she's dancing. Time warp ends, they all deflate. And <laughs> I love fall they down deflate the too, and they're all passed out and heavy breathing and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so and then Brad's like, Say! Any of you guys know how to Madison? <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even fucking know what a Madison this, is, man. Is this... Is this the greatest character entrance in movie history? Yeah, let's if it's say not it is. the top one, I'm trying to even think of other character introductions. I mean, it's definitely oh. if you were going to talk about, it's at least top five guaranteed. Just yeah. like the way the music starts, and it takes a while, like the boom. They're backing up boom, to get away from boom, everything. Boom, boom. It's like oh shit, and like see how that long? big chunky heel. Oh my god, <laughs> fuck! And like even even knowing what's gonna happen because it can, it, like there's nothing really that happens in this movie you don't know about if you know anything about movies or anything like that. But just like oh shit, and it's like oh my god, oh my god, great. the whole is, does he start off with the anticipation thing? No, no, no. Okay, yeah, I should let you talk because you took notes. That's fine. He's wearing a big old cape with a big old collar. He looks like fucking glam Chocula. It's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that fucking face. Yeah, oh, so like, much makeup. That big shovel face with that. He looks like a human being that was designed by aliens who had to have human beings described to them, like secondhand, and they tried to generate a human person in a lab. Would uh, not unlike how Rocky Horror, or unlike how fucking Frankenfurter makes shit. But like, yeah, all the makeup, and I love the lipstick where it's like that dark red lipstick with the black outline and the whole fucking, the whole thing is just, even before he takes his cloak off and he comes stomping in through the crowd and 
Oh, just fucking great. Because, <laughs> well, he says that, how do you do? I see you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little uh, down because when you knocked, he thought you were the Candyman. So they was waiting for drugs. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, that's... I would. I want an alternate cut of this where it is just Tim Curry just showing up and being, like, really polite. <laughs> he's actually not mm. singing any of this. He's just like what you're saying right now. How do you do? Would you like some cheese pizza? Not even that. I want him talking like, hello, how are you doing? Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I've seen you've met my fifth foot handyman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also, I, I was also thankful to have seen some behind-the-scenes footage about how... I didn't, didn't occur to me watching this time. His fucking accent is so weird because he's got an English accent, but he'll say, like, instead of find, he'll say find and, like, pains. He has this weird, like, extra... He sounds... I don't know if he's making fun of well, so Queen Elizabeth. No, that's not the story I heard. I saw an interview with him. Okay. And he was talking about it in the original uh, performance, like, stage show he did a german accent for frankfurter oh that kind of but makes then sense he was on a bus one day and he heard a couple of old british ladies talking and they were over pronouncing every single word they were oh, saying oh okay and he, he he used that as uh the basis for frank because it's not consistent but there's some words he hits in a really weird way where he'll mm -hmm. be like hey I die, I die. yeah which is fucking <laughs> Oh my god, so yeah, he stomps through the crowd, jumps up on the stage. Yeah, don't get strung out by the way he looks, Bill. How? Why would you get strung out? You'd be very right. happy to see the way he looks. Hey, he's not much of a man by the light of day, but by night he's one hell of a lover. Yeah, and he turns out he's just cloak. Turns out he's just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. I fucking love this movie. This is fucking great. <laughs> and I love it the way, like, I love it. If I had seen this in a movie theater, I would have wanted to shoot everybody, but seeing this in privacy of my own home, being able to join mm -hmm. in relative solitude and just drink it in do by you, myself. Mwah. Do you think this... Could you watch this, watch this movie for the first time with even a, a casual fan of this movie? No. Is it something you have I... to experience by yourself or with other people who haven't experienced for the first time too? I, cause like I, it's the the, the pleasures of this movie are so. I don't want to say subtle, but like it get this movie would hold not hold up to having even one fan screaming at you about everything that's happening on the screen while it happens. Uh, just even just for the fact that you want to be able to listen to uh, and understand what's going on in the movie. And I also think <sighs> that, like, everybody's gonna like different parts of it, so... Well, exactly, and so Watching of... it with even a casual fan who's seen it before, they'd yeah. be looking at you during their favorite part, and it'd be <laughs> like watching a YouTube video with somebody who's trying to show you that thing, the phony thing the cat yeah. did with the guy. Let's put it this way, this movie's good enough, it doesn't need a hype man. And it doesn't need yeah. a whole theater full of hype men either, you can just watch it by yourself. And so, like, well, after you've seen it by yourself, you can go out and enjoy it with other people. Mm. But, oh my, like, one of the best things that ever happened to me is when I finally saw The Room... I saw it with a whole room full of other people who none of us had seen it. It's not like we even had one person in the room who had seen it before. I was just like, I've heard some fucked up things about this movie called The Room. I finally found a copy. Do you guys want to watch together? <sighs> and we watched it, and we were fucking dying. But it was of our own accord. Like, we were discovering all together at the same time. We didn't have someone saying, oh my god, you gotta wait for this line. This is gonna be so great. Like, yeah. no, we just, you know, just discovered it organically relatively organically for ourselves, or at least ingested it organically, and we had a really great time. That is legitimately one of my favorite terrible movies now, but not because it got forced down my throat by someone else in the room. And that's the thing, same thing with Rocky Horror, is, like, I'm glad I just... 
I'm so, especially with knowing so many art kids, like I said, growing up, I'm so glad I was never in a situation where I wound up having to watch this for the first time with, like, like other people in the room, like, screaming and yelling about how great it was. I'm glad I could wait until I was, like, 40 years old and just watch it by myself and go, oh, this is actually pretty good. Yeah. And especially the, the intro for, for fucking Frankenfurt is so good. Like, yeah, it's fucking, oh, my God. I like his heart ha tattoo with the word boss above it. Yeah, it's fucking great, which kind of washes off when he falls in the pool mm -hmm. later, but yeah. I also like, like his giant, chunky Marge Simpson pearls. Oh, yeah, they're huge, too, like cartoonishly. They are like like Simpsons quality giant pearls. And I, like, you know, one of the other things, too, is nice seeing it at my old age for the first time when he talks about wanting to go see a Steve Reeves movie. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that, because Mr. Science Theater, they, they did a thousand uh, Steve Reeves Hercules movies and stuff like that, so I can get more of the references, too. Yeah. Oh, my God, but, yeah. He tells them they should stay for the night or maybe a bite. He's been making a man with long hair and a tan, mm, which man. He, he doesn't have long hair. That's a little bit of an inconsistency. Put that on the IMDb. Unless he's insinuating cool. he didn't make Riff Raff, right? Because he's, I know he's fondling Riff Raff's no, no, no. hair when he says that. No, but like, no, he's talking about his Rocky. I'm assuming Rocky Horror in the in the, the actual stage play must have had long hair or something like yeah. that. But I do love like fucking Magenta and Columbia when 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 uh, Columbia she like bites her teeth and like is snapping at like fucking uh yes. fucking his feet at his at his ankles and everything like that. That that's fucking too. And I fucking. Yeah, it's just great. It's a whole bunch of Hey, I'm man over. enough to say it. Tim Curry's got nice legs. Tim Curry, I love his body hair, too. <laughs> he got a crumbly <laughs> body did, hair all over the he place. He did too. not shave those armpits at all. Uh, no, that's what I appreciate. <laughs> like, I just... And he... you know, this, is, this must have been one of the benefits of him having done the stage show for, like, a good year and a half before they filmed this, too. Like, he knows how to move in those heels. Mm -hmm. This isn't a guy who just, like had to throw on this costume for the first time just like a week before they started filming. This is a guy who's lived in this costume for, for like, yeah, like good, like almost like two years before they started filming this. So he knows how to use that costume. He knows how to move in the makeup and like he knows. Uh, I did. There's one little bit of interview with Tim Curry where he's talking about how he actually had to kind of like tamp down his performance for the movie. Yeah, I think. Is that the one where he's like backstage wearing a, like a sweater and shit? Yeah, and it's funny because it's totally baby Tim Curry. And he's, but he's all talking, but just very It's perfect. This is like prime Tim Curry. Yeah, and he's like, oh, like on stage, my my, my gesture would be like, oh, and he flips his hair, and he's like, a filmic version of that would just be, and he just kind of flips his hair a little bit. And I just love the insinuation <laughs> they had. He had, to, he had to tone down yeah. this this I performance for the movies. But yeah, that's fucking great. Yeah. Oh my god. So come up to the lab, see what's on the slab. Uh, he sees you shiver with anticipation. Oh, that's how it ends. That's right. Okay, yeah. Patient. And Brad says, I don't want to play that game. It's terrible. That I don't even know. It, the NES hasn't been invented yet. What are we doing here? What were they thinking making, making an NES game out of that? It's a game Everyone. where you have to draw, for Christ's sakes. Oh, man. Oh, God. But, like, yeah, that fucking... One last time, I'm just watching now, fucking Tim Curry's mouth mm -hmm. is just so huge. He looks like a goddamn special effect. I think and of course, that's happening. One, oh. one of the times you described his mouth as his lips sliding across his teeth, and I think that's the best way to describe that's his told, mouth. Cause it feels... His lips slide across his teeth. Because especially, well, especially in this movie, because he's got all the like the, the, the lipstick, and his lips look so oily and everything like that. Mm -hmm. It almost looks like he's wearing fake teeth, like yeah. to, to 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 accentuate like his yeah his lips having to slide around that mouth just to do just to, just to be able to sing and talk. And it just like yeah, he, 
but hell, it's fucking. I just love Tim Curry. <laughs> Spoilers! Maybe. Everyone comes listen to this podcast to hear us talk about Rocky Horror and how much we like Tim Curry. I can't. I can't believe we're talking about how much we like Tim Curry. But maybe uh, the brain isn't really to blame, so he'll remove the cause, but not the symptoms. And Frank leaves on an elevator, and they start to dry off Brad and Janet, and then they just start taking off their clothes. Yeah. And Janet's like, "No, stop it, no!" And Brad says, "Hey, don't worry, Janet." Play along for now, and we'll pull out the aces when the time is right. What the fuck are you talking about, Brad? Yeah. I what, just... you, what aces? What are you doing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just dork. love the, just the whatever, just to get the plot moving. Like, I guess Brad yeah. just has to be like, okay, yeah, whatever. Because you would expect this would be the point where Brad would be like, hey, what the fuck are you guys doing? But no. Um, He's into God. it. I'm just watching so they... now on all the stuffed animals they have everywhere. and oh, I just They love all head up too. to the master's laboratory. Okay. So, oh, we're, we're like the next like two thirds of the movie takes place. It's all sinister and shit up there. And yeah. Frank gives some wrote them some robes to put on and says it's not very often they give visitors, let alone Osper hospitality. And then Brad is all aggro out of nowhere. He gets all mad and he says hospitality. All we wanted to do was use a phone. Damn it! And it's a reasonable request. They've chosen to ignore. And Janet says, "Hey, go." Oh, oh. We don't want to appear ungrateful, so. I, but she was the one that was freaking out and wanted to get out of there. I just, it's, I don't like this move anymore. It's too unrealistic. They're flip flopping here. Character characterizations of these two mm. idiots are <laughs> inconsistent. Yeah, Cinemasins one hundred and one. Um, I totally forgot to point out. I I like the mm. fact that like fucking uh, Frank Furter's already drinking a little glass of champagne because what he's about to show off is going to be a big celebration. I one of my favorite things is the fucking ballroom. Right before this, it has a water cooler with those little triangular paper cups, which cracks me up. Mm. You know, he throws the water in the camera's face, which is a great uh, uh, fourth uh, wall-breaking moment, too. Oh, Tim Curry breaks the fourth wall all the fucking time. Well, there's even a moment during uh, Sweet uh, Transsexual Transylvania where, like, I didn't notice it again until now. It's not even, like, it's like a little throwaway line where I think... It's the, f like, you see, like, Brad and Jan are showing a little bit of skin. Well, I think he, co he he compliments them on their underwear, and suddenly he, he, like, looks at the camera real quick and says, like, smirks or something like that. But it's not even, like, the one of the big moments where he breaks the fourth wall in the movie, but it's, like, a weird, like, almost seems like a little ad lib that Tim Curry did in that, like, in the middle of that one shot, which I didn't notice until watching this time, but anyway. But anyway, yeah, we're he, in the lab. The is, yeah, he's introducing Brad and Janet to, uh... Oh, no, the Transylvanians are already up in the gallery and everything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And Frank says he likes how forceful Brad is. Such a perfect specimen of manhood. So dominant. And he's is... flirting with Janet now, and she's into it. And then he gives a speech about how he's found the secret to life itself, and everybody's like, yay. Yeah. And uh, there's a mummy body floating in a water tank. Frank yells some science words at Riff Raff for him to flip switches and diodes and shit. Man, something. This, this does kill a lot of time. I'm scanning through it right now. And this is like some sort of Kool-Aid dispenser right is lowered down above the tank, and yeah. Frank starts putting in the I love its total like snow cone juice mm -hmm. machine. Yeah, yeah, he's twisting all the dials and dumping all the juice into the. Which is funny because at first the tank is full of water with with the the. the Rocky Horror dummy floating inside, but suddenly when Rocky Horror comes to life, it's totally dry. Um, yeah. Not that it means anything. I, it was nah. funny because I did, was just watching, I think it's The Curse of Frankenstein? Uh, horror, Hammer Horror Movie with Peter Cushing and the guy who played, it actually was the guy playing Frankenstein was the guy who was inside the Darth Vader suit in the Star Wars movies. 
Uh, it's the the tank that they build Frankenstein in. In that movie, is the same prop that they use here for Rocky Horror, mm. which I thought was interesting. But yeah, yeah. So uh, then the mummy comes to life. They take off the mask, and it's Rocky who's gonna sing a song about the sword of Damocles. I love. He literally just goes from. He's literally only been alive for thirty seconds, and suddenly, yeah, the, the sword first of words, Damocles is hanging over my head. head. Literally, the that first words no to crime. come out of his mouth. Yeah. Yep. What do you think He's about at the Rocky? start of a pretty big downer. Uh, he is... So that's the thing about the 70s, <laughs> where you had buff muscle men, like fucking, uh, what's his name? Uh, Charles Brunson. That was like the pretty big manhood. So they could have fucked up and gotten Charles Brunson-looking motherfucker in here, all barrel-shaped Like a shit. swarthy, like, yeah. But no, they found an actual muscular dude to do this. And not like the weird 70s muscular. He's just I, a ripped dude. I hate his fucking hair. Oh, his haircut is atrocious. He's got that weird platinum blonde look and yeah. the blue eyes. I, I I guess they're going for like an Aryan perfection kind of thing. But he just it's what likes... Hulk Hogan wishes his hair was. <laughs> it's totally... You know what? That's probably what Hulk Hogan's hair looked like before he started losing it at the age of like 19 or whatever the fuck. <laughs> um, it's... But it's uh, Rocky's fine. The performance is fine. But like something about that hair, it's it's, it's a little like fucking little Lord Fauntleroy haircutish too. Like something about it just makes me look a little bit. But for the main character of the movie, well, it's I just that super yeah, thin blonde hair that apparently only existed in the '70s for a couple of years. That's I think that's part of the the, the, the thinness. Just because I could totally imagine this guy must have started going bald like three weeks after this movie. Because <laughs> that's totally like people with that haircut always end up getting that like fucking big bald spot on the back there. They end up losing their hair just like Hulk Hogan, exactly, too, so. Uh, assuming that's not just a wig. It could be a wig, but it looks too looks too grotesque to be a wig. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, so he just keeps singing to everybody. Um, I, the only part, oh, I've got a really is... Frankenfurter really just throwing himself all over the room, just yeah, screaming. Oh my god, Tim Curry is Running. really hauling ass in those chunky heels. He almost oh, knocks yeah. the fat lady Transylvanian off the gallery too, which is pretty mm -hmm. funny. Uh, I do love the fact that the whole time, because this movie's making fun of the 1950s, you have uh, Riff Raff, uh, Columbia, and Magenta are just doing a whole doo-wop thing in front of the tank wall. Uh, Rocky Horse is going, whoa, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot it's... there's a big pink triangle on fucking Frankenfurter's uh, surgical robes, too, which is, that's 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 a Nazi thing. So that's, mm -hmm. this movie's got some weird Nazi undertones to it. I never really thought of it before. Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. You you have notes. Oh, it's fine. He, the song ends, and Frankenfurter says he doesn't think that's any way to behave on your first day out, but, you know, he... Oh, I forgot how this ends. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Says, the first sign that Frankenfurt is maybe not, but maybe got a screw loose. But since he's such an exceptional beauty, he'll forgive him. Riff Rass says he's a cardinal genius master, and Magenta said he's oh a triumph of will, and Columbia says he's okay. <laughs> oh, that does not go well with Frankenfurt. He almost turns into Bugs Bunny okay. or a Daffy Duck, where he suddenly just turns and gets so angry. <laughs> he says, "Okay." Okay, I like we can do a little better than that. Slams his hand down and just. Mm -hmm. This is such a perfect painting of this that personality type, yeah. like of that kind of like weird. I must always be coddled by everyone around me. And then I love he grabs Rocky, drags him over to Brad and Janet, and asks them what they think. What does she, Janet say? She says, "I don't like a lot of muscles." 
Oh, and, she, and then she kind of like fawns at Brad to kind of like, yeah. which kind of insinuating Brad doesn't have that much muscles. That no. little fucking I didn't make him for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, and that mouth, him, that mouth when he's angry is so scary. I can totally <laughs> see he's Pennywise before Pennywise already. It's freaking mm-hmm. me out. Oh my god. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, he carries yeah. the Charles Atlas seal of approval. Oh, and this turns, and this is actually, I, it's this, it's the most obvious pun you could make, but I still think it's incredibly clever. Is mm. this "I can make you a man in seven days" song, mm-hmm. which you know, of course, making fun of the whole Char- Charles Atlas comic book, like I can, you know, weight bodybuilding, weightlifting uh, ad campaign, and also the fact that you know, literally made Rocky, and I don't know if he made Rocky in seven days, but he did make a man. And just like, yeah, he gives them like the set of like barbells and shit like that. And they're all gift wrap and it's all, again, very P. And actually, the gift wrap on the bar- barbells, speaking of Pee Wee Herman, looks very Tim Burtonish because it's red and white striped candy cane looking barbells and shit. Oh my god. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm hogging up the No, podcast. it's fine. So after a bit of singing about how he can make him a man, <laughs> the, the uh, deep freeze that they were standing in front of opens. That, uh, oh, you're just gonna jump straight to the non non sequitur, just like yeah. I guess I guess another part of the plot has to happen. There's not a ton that happens. He he, he thrusts I... his thrusts his pelvis on a a, a pommel <laughs> That's horse. What I'm That's great. I do appreciate just even for this time because I like just even driving home and the fact that like okay, Frankenfurter's not straight when like he rubs his finger down Rocky Horror's belly. And I didn't didn't occur to me before now until seeing the trivia for this thing. I guess they put like makeup on Rocky's belly button to make it look like he doesn't have a belly button because you know he they can... fucked up though because it looks like he has it, a belly it button. It looks like he has. It looks like he's just got bubble gum stuck in his <laughs> yeah. belly button. It doesn't look like. But like even no. the thing where he always like touches his dick and like we're like mm, and he's like mm, so pink and clean. And it's mm. all just like oh, I didn't realize it's turning into Kingdom Hearts all of a sudden so quickly. Uh, but. <laughs> I, well, I actually do love the structure about how they play half the song and then suddenly Eddie shows up for no reason other than they were like, I guess we'll put Meatloaf in our movie? Well, Meatloaf was in the original stage play. Oh, he was? Okay. Yeah, he played Eddie and uh, Dr. Scott. Oh, what? Yeah. Huh, that's Because that was always supposed to be a dual role that you played Eddie and Dr. Which actually that yeah. makes sense because Eddie is in the thing for so short. Like, that makes sense you would, yeah, just more justify having someone in the, Okay. I just assumed that there was like must have been an addition because it's so abrupt and he he's literally just shows up to sing one song before. And he gets this was before up. Meatloaf was famous, so yeah, that's true. Well, no, but but like not that like I thought they just made like a role for Meatloaf, but I just assumed they just wanted one extra song in the movie. Cause I I always assumed what happens they must have cut like a couple songs from the movie in order to get the like the the thing back to length. They just made up an extra song, and for like maybe Eddie was a thing in the play, but like he didn't have a song, so they just I don't know. But, okay, that's interesting. I had no idea. Okay. Um, I wonder if they, I'm assuming they didn't have an actual motorcycle on stage for the stage. Probably not. Probably. I would love to see, like, the cardboard prop he would have been running around in. I mean, in fact, you probably, what am I saying? They probably didn't even have a bike. He probably just, like, shuffled out yeah. of the freezer like Frankenstein and chased, uh, or got chased around uh, by, uh, Frankenfurter, but. Um, uh, yeah, so it turns out Eddie, played by Meatloaf, uh, I guess he's the boyfriend of Columbia, the, the tap-dancing short-haired uh, magenta hair girl. Um. Yep. The end. The end. <laughs> then the yeah. movie cuts the credits. Got a big old gash on his head. Which is because... Hot Frank patootie. F- Frank and my soul. He really loves that rock and roll. Let me just call it Shapoopy at this point. They just call it hot, hot patootie? 
Bless his soul. Why call it hot patootie? This sounds like a fart. Because it rhymes with bless my soul. Uh, I hate you. Um, <laughs> so I guess yeah, I guess he's also got a gash on his head because like uh, I guess Frankenfurter used half of his brain to make Rocky with. Um, yes. And I don't know if that's the insinuation that did Frankenfurter uh, build. Is it Frank? It's Frankenfurter, or not Frankfurter, right? Frankenfurter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, did Frankenfurter build Eddie too? No. Oh, okay. So then there's a little segment where Columbia rants at him later where she says that she showed up and he was into her, but then Eddie showed up and then he used Eddie and then Eddie, he got sick of Eddie. Well, and also... And, then he, used, and he built Rocky. I mean, the whole point of Dr. Scott showing is that is actually Eddie's his nephew. Oh, okay, so yeah, that like yeah. he is just a, a person. Oh, okay. Yeah, just a person. Oh, just a person. He's not a just cool a person. homunculus <laughs> created mm -hmm. by Tim Curry. I like uh, during this song the one old lady party goer who's like dancing and says "lovely party," from just out of nowhere. I want spin-off films dedicated to each and every one of the Transylvanians because each of them would kind of look pretty interesting. But yeah, mm. um, a whole room full of Othos from Beetlejuice. Uh, yeah. But yeah, seriously, but Eddie's song is literally last like like less than ninety seconds before. Uh, yeah, he danced around with Columbia a little bit, and while he's driving around, he's chasing everyone on his motorbike. Uh, fucking Frankenfurter. I guess there's an axe inside the wall of the freezer? Which I guess, uh, maybe it's one of those tools that Eddie used to suddenly break out of the freezer halfway maybe. through the movie for no point, but yeah. Um, yeah, he do Frankenfurter doesn't like the Rockies enjoying the song, so he goes in, gets that pickaxe, and then chases Eddie into that room and just gives him a whole bunch of pickaxe kisses. You do get some great close-ups of Tim Curry wielding an axe. And mm -hmm. it's probably the most horrifying thing in the movie is, like, you get to see the bloodstream where, like, well, fucking, okay, so Frankenfurter comes back out of the dry ice-filled icebox. Mm -hmm. And the camera pans up from the bloodstream left behind by Eddie. And you get to see Frankenfurter, like, his, his blood-stained oh, gloves. My. I love the fact that Frankenfurter's always snapping those gloves, but they're just, they're not surgical gloves, they're just fucking pink dish there's gloves. Dishwashing gloves. <laughs> I'm sure that's I don't know if that's what they meant to do in the movie if that's just what they had on hand but like yeah exactly mm -hmm. it totally adds to the kind of like makeshift feel of the movie it's fucking fantastic yeah. well and I do love that that's one of the thing I do love and then they just go right back into picking well, up well Rocky's no, freaking cause... out he's 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 like I guess while this Frank... is happening Rocky got locked inside the 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 the, the elevator yeah yeah. Well, Frank comes out and with the blood on the gloves and says, One from the vaults, and everybody's like... <laughs> <laughs> and great, then, Frank, you're a real great guy. <laughs> Rocky's banging on the cage he's in, and Frank says, Not to be upset, it was a mercy killing. He had a certain naive charm, but no muscle. <laughs> and then Rocky makes it a muscle, and Frank says, he does a great Tim Curry sound that I can't reproduce. <laughs> I mean, he's an wild. animal. It's great. It's Tim Curry deserves his own species definition. Mm -hmm. He's not fully human. He's like a subset of humanity. Yeah. And then the, oh, the I can make you a man song starts back up. That's I, I for some reason I just always like that construction about how he just picks it up right again and it kind of just shows how kind of weird that like. Frankenfurter deflects everything that's happened. He just picks up Did the song. Did he just kill the guy? He just killed the guy. And I do love everyone in in the crowd is a little bit like non plus They're a little seem to be a little freaked out by everything that's happened. So even by Transylvanian transsex transsexual Transylvanian standards, this is all a little weird. Which does set up the fact that like 
fucking riffraff shows up at the end and says like yeah your reign of terror is over this is too much more shit even for us so i like the um, part where where tim curry's singing and opens his mouth and then janet sings i'm a muscle fan and brad looks at her like what the f- well that's i know the fucking <laughs> janet's already starting to change yeah <laughs> yeah oh man but in just seven days the wedding march plays it's very cute rocky yeah. and Frank and Fur go into their wedding chamber bedroom thing. Frank I'm... jumps on Rocky, and the narrator's <laughs> like, "Well, what are you gonna do?" Uh, I do mm-hmm. love, like, I'm watching it now too, and watching th- this really starts with Magenta and Riff Raff just being more kind of grumpy as they're, they're as they're forced to do things to uh, to placate to placate Frankfurter. Because when they, even when they're drawing open the curtains for his little bridal suite, they're just kind of like... And actually, you see Columbia, she's sitting on top of Eddie's bike, and as the shot lingers, you can see her face getting more twisted up and angrier and more upset. And mm. so it's kind of great to see, like, Frankfurter at this apex of his triumph of what he's just done. Everyone around him is just like, you fucking... Ugh. Yeah, so... Uh, like I said, I love the fact the movie does, you know, if, like, regardless of anything else going on with Frankfurter, he's just a horrible person. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, just even though he's the most nonconformist person in the movie, he's still a piece of shit just because he treats other people like garbage. But, yeah. I mean, he's and... fun, but yeah. <laughs> uh... Gonna party! Later today, we're gonna party with Mighty Mouse. <laughs> right after Pee Wee. Hello, my name is Riff Raff. I'm one of the stars of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. If you're into science fiction, music, horror, comedy, or, dare we say it, sex, the Rocky Horror Picture Show is the movie for you. See you at the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Rated R. Under 17, not admitted without parent. You've seen all kinds of movies, but you've never seen anything like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is wonderfully weird. They're probably foreigners with ways different than our own. It's fabulously freaky. It's a trip to transsexual Transylvania. The Rocky Horror Picture Show. From transsexual Transylvania. The story is strange. For tonight is the night that my beautiful creature is destined to be born. The songs are super. The cast is completely crazy. This isn't the Junior Chamber of Commerce, Brad. There's a mad scientist named Frank N. Furter. Come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. And Rocky, his incredible creature. with a bad crowd, but it was worse than I imagined. A sinister servant named Riff Raff. I remember-
Brad and Janet. My name's Brad Majors. Just a couple of clean-cut kids. This is my fiance, Janet Weiss. Touch it, touch it, touch it, touch me. I wanna be dirty. Eddie. Magenta. When shall we report to Pennsylvania, huh? Columbia. <laughs> Dr. Scott. So give yourself over to absolute pleasure. See the Rocky Horror Picture Show. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is a must for all of you. If you don't go and see it, I shall personally come around to your houses and drag you out by the scruff of the neck. I shall belt you around the mouth and mouth you around the belt. Do you understand what I'm saying? See the Rocky Horror Picture Show, rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. Stick around, kid. There's more to come. The narrator says, um... Oh, yeah, this goes into the... Yeah, okay. Yeah. That uh, there are those who say life is an illusion and that reality is simply a figment of imagination. If that's so, Brad and Jordan are quite safe. But man, Dave did feel uneasy and only got more uneasy as the party guests left and they were both put in separate room- bedrooms. Janet's room is very pink. And later she's laying in her bed and Brad comes in and starts to get a little This is great. And she is into it, and she grabs his head, and the boy, that is a wig! It's actually Frankenfurter, Gadzooks! She calls him a beast. I love it. And she says, what have you done with Brad? And Frankenfurter says, oh, uh, nothing. Why, do you think I should? I think that gag is my favorite gag in the whole movie, because, like, Tim Curry's reading of that line is fucking Stella. Cause it's so he's so innocent about it too. Cause like you get, it's hard to tell how much Frankenfurter is intentionally being cruel to this person, these people mm. versus just like he's like just a horny bugs buddy. It's fucking great. I love it. Yeah, and so yeah, I get what they it's insinuated they do fuck here. Yeah, she was saving herself. But oh, okay. Frankenfurter promises not to tell Brad, so they fuck whatever. He seduces both of them. That's the whole point of this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You wouldn't want to see him like you like this and. <laughs> Flings her legs all over. Okay. Good stuff. Uh, oh, we should also point out that fucking Riff Raff and Magenta are watching this on closed caption TV as well. Mm-hmm. Shit's happening too. And then they decide to pick on Rocky with some candles and point it at him so he escapes and runs off. Then it's... they do they do that weird hand thing where they put their hands together and kind of roll. Which up yeah, I don't elbows. know what is that. That's all about. That's yeah, some transsexual I... Transylvania shows with that. Really, is. this kind of starts off the rest of the plot of the movie is the fact that mm-hmm. like uh, Riff Raff decides to chase uh, Rocky out of the bridal suite with a candelabra, and like I love he chases him, uh, chases Rocky down the hole where the elevator is, and then he whips a lit candle at him too, just just to be like an extra fuck you. Yeah, and. 
Yeah, I guess Rocky never really questions the fact that, like, how, how Rocky... Or I guess Frankenfurter never questions, like, how Rocky got let loose or anything like that. Or, But I do love this totally... Because this happens in every adaptation of Frankenstein where Igor turns out to be a total dick to Frankenstein. Or yeah. Frankenstein's mom. What are the fuck in the movie you call Who it? Who cares? I just... I, but I love it's still a plot mechanic in this movie, yeah. too. Like, you know, it's it's not trying to be a hardcore, like, Frankenstein uh, riff, but, like... Shut up, Bill. But anyway, plot. So Janet Brad's runs in Brad's room, yeah. and he tells her it'll be okay. They'll be away in the morning, and she's like, oh, you're so strong and protective. And then the same thing happens when Brad put his Frankenfurter now. He's trying to pretend to be Janet. <laughs> Why do you think I should? Mm-hmm. I fucking love it. It just... Brad's easier to tempt, though. Yeah, like... Brad seems to be a bit more... Oh, I forgot this actually leaves my favorite image in the whole fucking movie. We'll get to that in a second, but yeah. He says, hey, you promise you won't tell? And Frank and Ferda says, I swear on my mother's career. <laughs> those teeth. They gotta talk around those teeth. Oh, man. Imagine <laughs> getting a blowjob from, Fra- from Tim Curry. No, thanks. Oh, my <laughs> God. That would be like... No! <laughs> I'm sure it wouldn't feel bad, but I don't want to see it happening because I'm afraid I'll lose my penis forever. Yeah. Oh my god. It riffraff gets in the modern is like, hey, your new playmate is loose in the castle grounds. Magenta has unleashed the dogs upon him. Yeah. You think Frankenfurter would be a little more upset about that? I mean, he is. He doesn't I mean, want to go hunt for him, but he's, he doesn't suspect that like anyone's betrayed him or anything like that. He just thinks Rocky War broke loose. It's like Sloth and the Goonies. And Janet's going around the mansion having big emotions and Oh, where is everyone? Oh winds up back in the lab where she's the monitor and she sees Brad sitting on the edge of his bed having a cigarette with Just... Frankenfurter looking all pleased in the background. That is my favorite image from the whole fucking movie. How pleased Frankenfurter looks and how Brad's <laughs> just so calmly just smoking a cigarette. It's not like he, they're even playing it off like Brad's upset. He's just mm-hmm. legitimately just like having, it looks like a cigarette commercial because yeah. he's so he's so relaxed and just having a smoke and like, it just, it's, it's such a stupid image, but it's great. I love it. And like, it's and like, yeah, Brad is so chill that like an extra throws Janet for a loop. She's like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> this makes her sad, but she hears some groaning and she finds Rocky hiding in his chamber tube thing and she notices he's hurt. She'll dress his room wounds by ripping up her sli- slip. <laughs> right, slip. And then he touches her hand and she's like, hey, hey that feels alright. You know what? I could use a muscled man. She does make it like he starts petting her hand and she does do this great like double take of like, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I mean, her eyes go back and forth, and it's like, uh oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the narrator's like, "Yeah, emotions. Let me read you the dis- dictionary definition for it." <laughs> and boom, one he... magenta and Columbia were watching on their monitor. She was I... gonna get a bunch of emotions all over her face. So I'm watching the UK version. This is one of the slight differences in the UK version. Mm-hmm. When it jumps back to the criminologist talking about Janet, he opens up a second book and he points to this giant picture of this giant wet v- vagina mm-hmm. and he hits a points at it and then he p- hits a button on his uh uh on his mp3 player that makes a big clanging opening gate opening sound and he says this will happen to janet's vagina at this moment in the film and that's my joke <laughs> clanky clank <laughs> See how anyway. draw out that silence <laughs> Oh, okay, but that's what, but yeah, Columbia and Magenta are watching hey, everything that's going on. Remember, 
Heavy padding only leads to trouble and seat wetting. Uh. <laughs> is I I have questions. Mm. That's I that's actually even grosser than what I just said. But yeah. Um it, does she have sex and then suddenly it's not sex? Cause oh no, no okay so there's well now she's had a bit of it she wants more touchy 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 me I want to be dirty creature oh, okay. of the night uh it just I didn't realize if uh cause I'm watching it now it cuts cuts back to Janet and Rocky and they're still fun like I couldn't tell if this is already post coital oh no but nah, it's uh, this, she's yet. actually saying the seat wedding thing now but yeah as as they're kind of like fun like more and more I do love yeah Columbia and Magenta are getting more and more worked up about what what's What's about to happen here, which is kind of funny. I like that every character in the movie says creature of the night at her. Oh, yeah. Well, because, yeah, I guess Janet's now just fantasizing fucking everybody in the movie Maybe. now. Yeah. Maybe. So they go in at it, and the song ends as Frankenfurter comes up with Brad and Riff Raff, and he's just whipping the shit out of Riff Raff. Like, he does. Like, his creation get away. The sound sounds good enough that it actually, rather than a cartoony Castlevania whip sound that they put in afterwards, it sounded like that's an actual live whip crack on set. And I kind of wonder if he actually did kind of like smack the shit out of Richard O'Brien there a little bit. Yeah, he he was hitting um, the floor, but he did hit Richard O'Brien once. Man, one of my favorite things, too, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the bit where, like, uh, Janet's fantasizing about fucking everyone in the movie. I, I did realize that, like, you're looking up at the, the little starry cat, the Mario 64 castle diorama sky which uh, that's one of my favorite set elements in the movie too but that's behind everyone as she's fantasizing about everyone but now what at first <laughs> mario 64 where mario goes up to the castle and it mm. turns out that like it's just rocky horror happening in there now too but yeah so uh rocky uh or, i keep on wanting to call because he's the main character in the movie he's called rocky horror i keep on wanting to call frankenford uh, rocky horror uh yeah frankenford is upset at everybody yeah well at least he's upset that. at riffraff Find yeah. the creature on the monitor, and he turns on the monitor, and he's so... like, There's an intruder! It's just fucking this old man in a wheelchair, just on the grass, <laughs> stand next to a tree, in sitting next to a tree. Rain. Yeah, it's In the pouring rain. rain with some binoculars, <laughs> looking also, around in an umbrella. in this movie, wouldn't it be, like, already, like, 5 o'clock in the morning now, given everything that's fucking happened in yeah. this movie? Jesus Christ, yeah. Though... Yeah. So... Uh, oh, okay, so Brad is like, hey, Scotty! And Riff Raff says, you know this athlete? And Frankenford kind of hits him and he says, this person? He most certainly does. That's Dr. Everett Scott, an old friend of Brad's. And this well, it turns out... Scott, well, it turns out that Brad, uh, rec like, uh, pointing out that he recognizes Scott is a huge yeah. mistake, because they, uh, uh, Frankenfurter goes, he freaks out because, I guess... Uh, Frank, I guess, uh, Scott is kind of like the Dr. Van Helsing to Frankenfurter's Dracula a little bit. And, like, this, mm. this person that's been chasing him for a long time, or has at least been on to Frankenfurter's bullshit. And so he just now assumes that because, uh, Brad knows that guy, that, like, that guy, Dr. Frank Scott, must have sent Dr. Brad Dr. Janet. Dr. Scott works for the Feather Bureau of UFOs or something. Yeah. Oh, and that's that's the scene where they're looking at Dr. Scott on the monitor, and that, that's when that's when Raffa says, Master, there's another thing at the door. And fucking, yeah, fucking Frankenfurter hits him, and he's like, oh, there's a person at the door, or whatever this is. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite the jokes in the movie. has entered the building, Master. That kind of joke kind of cracks me up when someone makes an obvious mistake like that, and they have to play it off mm. like, oh no, I didn't make that mistake. And then even the people who could could have picked up on that joke are still completely oblivious.
<laughs> anyway, but yeah. Oh, and this so... is one of the most fantastic special effects in movie history happens. Yeah, he, the, he's in the Zen room, so Frank Furl will on the tri turn on the triple control magnet to bring him to them. And you can, you can, you can barely see the slit in the carpet. Oh, the carpet flips up from the rope that's being used from the cable that's being used to fucking drag Doctor Scott through the hallway. Yeah, yeah. You, you uh, can I, I, barely see that thing. Did we not do? Did we do Big Trouble in Little China? No, we should. Because uh, they there's the exact same gag happens in that where someone's in a wheelchair being. Uh, lowered up and down a flight of stairs with a cable just like that. But mm. in fact, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they use that this this movie as a reference when when making that gag in uh, Big Trouble in China. But yeah, for some reason they decide to like, even though fucking Frankenfurter hates Doctor Scott, he uses a magnet to drag him all the way up to the lab. Mm-hmm. He yeah. bursts through love, the wall. I love, I love the bit where he goes through Magenta and Columbia's room. Which is that's mm -hmm. just kind of funny. And they're like, "What the hell's going on?" Yeah, he just I guess I guess they forgot to build a door. Yeah. into the set so when it came to like okay dr scott's got to make his interest we we're like well let's, let's make a funny gag out of the fact that he just burst through the wall i guess mm -hmm. yeah down the ramp and you know, right all the magnets where him and frank and further at last meet he's shocked to see brad there and frank is like bitch please you know all about this shit but scott don't care he came there for eddie and Janet gasps from her fuck den with Rocky, giving away her <laughs> position. I forgot she's they've been in there the whole time this whole scene's been happening. Yeah, okay. Frank pulls back the covers to find both of them. Janet! Dr. Scott! Janet! Brad! <laughs> Rocky! Janet! Dr. Scott! Janet! Brad! It's a Rocker. dumb joke, but yeah. Janet! Dr. Scott! Janet! Brad! <laughs> well, the Rocker. best part is... When they cut to Rocky, and of course Rocky doesn't talk, so he just glares at everyone for his parts. <laughs> that's that's the funny. That's what really makes it funny to me. Is yeah, they go, they 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 take it to its logical, ridiculous uh, conclusion. But yeah. Oh man! Also, this is my favorite uh, uh, Frankenfurter outfit, which is just the Frankenfurter outfit with the, with the 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 biker jacket with all the pins on it. I fucking mm. love that look. That's fantastic. Yeah. Magenta breaks the awkwardness by hitting a symbol and saying, "Master, dinner is prepared." Yeah, and again, she's doing the thing where she's like, she hits the gong, but like, as Frankenfurter's not really paying attention to her, her face kind of falls, and yeah, it's, it's, yeah. So, they all go and sit at the dinner table for a big awkward dinner, and Frankenfurter uses one of those old-timey electric meat carvers to cut up a big old hunk well, of ham. Well, too, I love, like, well, so Riff Raff serves everyone by dumping wine. And yeah. everyone's fucking motley-ass collection of drinkware that they've got. Like, it's like fucking juice cups. Brad's got, like, a tin cow print cup. Mm -hmm. And, like, everyone's plates, like, some of them are happy birthday birthday plates. Like, this is the funny thing, because I'm, I'm sure the idea is that, like, because Frankenfurter's an alien, they're just showing that, like, the aliens are terrible at pretending to be human beings and hosting a Maybe. human being dinner. I, especially now that's happening, like, literally at 5 o'clock in the morning. Um... But I also do love, this is totally like, I've, I've been to, uh, uh, like, lots of, I've eaten at lots of friends' houses, because when you're in your 20s and you're, and you're broke, like, you just get whatever glassware and, and dinnerware you can from, like, you know, the fucking Goodwill or Heck whatever. yeah, use those so, Smucker Jam cups. So, yeah, I mean, hell, even the house I live at now, we still have the Smucker's Jams cups. Like, yeah, like, like, you just end up with a motley collection of, hey, whatever, you're not, like, you know, you're not going out and buying, like, silverware sets or drinkware sets or anything like that. And, uh, yeah, and I fucking love how Magenta, uh, presents the electric, uh, cutting knife 
Like, she kind of, like, dis disdainfully holds it in front of uh, Frankfurter. Frankfurter grabs it. And... Yeah, he does this terrible... Well, fucking even Riffraff drops the ham. Just, like, throws it on the table. Like, mm -hmm. the, their disdain for Frankfurter is growing minute by minute throughout the film. It's fucking fantastic. And, uh... And I do love that even Dr. Scott, he puts his, like, napkin in his... He's actually the, the only person in the room that really seems to be taking the deer, uh, dinner seriously. But yeah, puts the napkin in his lap and everything like that. Well, he's Brad... the only one that hasn't had somebody fuck his partner there. <laughs> That's a good point. Brad wipes down his cup before drinking from it, which I thought was pretty great. Again, I've been to dinners like this where, like, oh my god, it's just everything's kind of, like, <laughs> filthy and not put together very well, yeah. Frankenfurter puts on a party hat, starts to sing happy birthday, doesn't even get all the way through the song <laughs> before he gives up on it. I love, well, the fact that he takes a moment, like, the movie takes a moment to, for him to slowly put the happy birthday hat and you can hear the sound of him wrestling with paper, it's just kind of, the awkwardness of the scene is very nicely stated. <laughs> Janet's deflating yeah. happy birthday to you. Well, I also forgot, like, Janet's still in her underwear. Mm -hmm. Brad's in a fucking sex kimono. <laughs> fucking, uh, a fucking Rocky's been slightly cleaned up. Yeah. Uh, you've got Columbia in her nipple pajamas and a, a fucking Mickey Mouse hat. And fucking, mm -hmm. and fucking Magenta's sitting there just snarling at everyone. It's a great dinner scene. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, anyway. So Scott says, yeah, he came to talk about Eddie and Frankenfurter. That's, that's a rather tender subject. Would anybody care for another slice? Oh, no, they're eating him! Oh, no, Columbia seems to be the first one to realize, and she suddenly gets up very slowly. Nipple pops out of her pajamas for the first time <laughs> of 12 times in this movie. And then she just storms out. No one else seems to be quite understanding what's going on. No, they all kind of get it right away. Yeah, pretty soon. I do love Rocky. I'm watching it right now. He Rocky don't give figures. two shits, man. Well, no, Rocky does figure. He stops, and he's like, oh, bleh. Real mm. quick. It's just a quick shot, but then... Yeah, and then suddenly... She leaves the room, closes the door, and screams, Ah, yeah! And Scott oh, looks God. right at the fucking camera and says, I knew he was in with the bad crowd, but it was worse than I thought. And he looks at Rocky and says, Aliens! And Frank says, Go on, Dr. Scott. Or should I say, Dr. Von Scott? Got him? So, I guess according to the <laughs> game, he's trying to out Scott as being like an ex-Nazi scientist. Hmm. And that's supposed to be the way he does it by calling him Von Scott, which does not. Maybe he's I got get. an accent. <laughs> I guess so. Um, and then one little bit of trivia I did see. Uh, when the movie suddenly quickly cuts back right before Dr. Scott starts singing the, the Eddie's Teddy song. Uh, you get to see the the fucking criminal, criminologist looking at a book with a picture of Whistler's mother talking yeah. about Eddie's mom, but it's actually a photograph of uh, Meatloaf dressed as Whistler's mom. Yeah. Uh, that that painting, which I thought was kind of... If you, if you watch it in, uh, in HD, you could really tell, but like, it's yes. pretty funny. But, uh, but yeah, so yeah, fucking Dr. Scott just goes into a song about how fucking uh, Eddie would stab teddy bears. From the day he was born, he was trouble. He was the, the sorn in his mother's side. I love your German accent. She Und tried in vain, but she never called him a nothing but shame. All he wanted was rock and roll porn in a motorbike. Yeah. Shooting up junk. He's a low down, no good, cheap little. Oh, oh, and they cut back to, like, Columbia. She's, like, singing her own, like, Odie yeah. Eddie. Oh, she's Everybody got a giant photo of him. Meatloaf. I very nearly yeah. loved him. I said, hey, listen to me. Stay sane inside insanity. But he locked the door and threw away all that shit. Man, again, this movie would be literally half an hour shorter if Eddie wasn't in this movie. Because the subplot does not really contribute anything to the But then why the does movie. Scott show up there? Why would he get there? Yeah, it's not like he's he looking Scott for Eddie. to be there. What's Scott? 
Like, it's not like he tributes anything. That's, it's not like he Bill, does anything. Bill, this whole fucking movie's pointless shit. <laughs> I know, at What are you talking point, about? I know, at a certain point, just get to the point, like, nothing in a movie really counts, because it's just fiction, This is the like... most random fucking weird-ass movie. No, I don't just talking say... Talking about removing a portion well, of the Well, it's funny, because this whole... Because everyone just ends up back in the lab with Frankfurt yelling at them right before they did a dinner anyway, so they could have just cut out the whole dinner scene and nothing would have really, really changed. I do love the fucking Dr. Scott pulls out a note from Eddie that mm. says, I'm out of my head with H-E-D. That's mm -hmm. how head is spelled. Or hurry, I may be dead. But yeah, I guess it's written in Eddie's own blood, and I guess maybe this is the letter he sent off to Dr. Scott before he got put in the deep freeze right by Frankenfurter, I guess. But yeah. Maybe. They mustn't carry out their evil deed. Uh, wow! Da, 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 da. And it's all yeah. really, again, this is like the most 50 song in the whole movie, you know? What a guy makes you cry, und I did. And then old Frankenfurter pulls back the tablecloth and reveals a paper mache Eddie with a bunch of <laughs> loose meat thrown on top of him. I think maybe one of the few times we'll ever see a paper mache corpse in a movie that is obviously like the fact, the fact that it's paper mache is kind of the point. It's kind of mm. like goofy, yeah. But it's Ooh, also, it looks like, bad. <laughs> but like, yeah, and it's also like they try to sculpt his face, but half his face is gone. But it's all like, yeah, but uh, that's the, you're not supposed to be taking any of it seriously. But yeah. I love that he's actually in a casket. Like, it's actually the casket that's like the, the, the table is just glass sitting on top of a casket, essentially. Yeah, everyone just runs. Yeah. They all fucking peace out. Janet runs right into Rocky's arms. Yeah. And then this song, I don't. Oh, the I don't, I Janet don't Weiss, like the, your apple I don't pie's feel not like so the, nice. Yeah, I don't feel like the first part's on the soundtrack where he's starting to chase her. I can't remember though. But I. Well, is it even a whole or, song? Because like there is a music and he does sing at Janet a little bit, but like. Yeah, you better rise up. Janet Wise chases her all the way, all, them back all the way to the. Uh, it's lab. really just, it's just a little bit of him just to sing the Janet Weiss. And he, essentially, her just chasing her back to the lab, and everyone goes back to the lab. Kind of like I said before, everyone yeah. just ends up back in the lab anyway, like they did before the dinner yeah. scene. Yeah, so, the yeah. Tranducer will seduce you, and then he zip zaps, and it's. <laughs> her, her, oh, and then her, everyone's. Her feet yeah. can't move, and then I like the way Dr. Scott says, My feet my god, I can't move my appeal. Well, I mean, he kind of holds his hands up to his the, face like, oh no. It's... The movie, the, it's almost like this movie suddenly remembers what kind of characters these characters are. Because suddenly, yeah. Because Janet Weiss, she kind of like bites her knuckle. She's mm -hmm. like, I can't move. And then like, fucking Brad's, Brad's all like, you know, he goes into a fisting pose. Which is, these are all the poses that they all yeah. get frozen in. It's as if we're glued to the spot. Which is great, like, Superman comic book like, exposition of just like, yeah, the, 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 Yep, so uh, uh, Frank's matter to inducer is some sort of sciency jargon that Dr. Scott says. He uses molecular gobbledygook. I was reading something about the original play. It doesn't freeze people. It, like, just, like, it's almost like the transporter from Star Trek. It, like, dissolves them, and mm. and, and so you can, like, re reconstitute them later? Uh, so I don't know how the hell the, the, the stage play ends if it's not that it's just them being turned to stone, but, yeah. Yeah, it was, and uh, it's something that they've been working on themselves, Scott, and it sends matter through space, and who knows, perhaps time itself. Janet's worried they're going to send him to another planet, but Janet's planet's manet, Janet, planet, planet, don't get so hot. wait. What? Is the machine, is, so is it the f machine that just froze them, the same machine that's supposed to be able to project people through space and time? It is unclear. Because I was like, how much money has the Department of Defense put in, been putting into a machine that will freeze people, turn them into statue, and blow their clothes off? 
<laughs> Which, hey, I'm sure this, the Department of Defense has actually put more money into stupider shit than that. But, like, I love the idea that, like, so, so, someone at the Pentagon is like, well, how's the Medusa machine research going? <laughs> like, Don't uh, get hot and flustered. Use a bit of mustard. You're a hot oh. dog, but you better not try to hurt her frankfurter as they keep getting zapped and change it in... Is he uh -huh. Frank just to make this joke in this song? Maybe. I don't know Frank and Furter, you know, it's a whole big phallic, you know, you know, gay yeah, dick yeah. joke. But like, it's just, you're a hotter, Frank Furter. I do love the reading of that line too, it's like, you're a hot <laughs> dog. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They all get zip zap turned into statue with their dang dang naughty bits hanging out. I do love how the machine works too, because I guess like once the machine's turned on, it just turns whoever fucking Frankfurter nods at into stone. It's not like a ray gun or anything like that, but... Hey, why uh, do these is... look so much better than that shitty paper mache <laughs> meatloaf? Oh, yeah, because I wonder, did they take, like, because these aren't they generic look like statues. Casts. Yeah, I'm assuming, I wonder, at the very least, they took full body casts of someone and then took life casts of the actors' heads and put them on them. Yeah. If not, just that, unless it's actually it's just full body and face casts of, of the whole actors. But, yeah, but uh, Columbia, she freaks out. She gives the whole... She's had enough uh, of this shit. You suck speech. Yeah. Yeah. She pulls her and... shirt down, her nipples all, Hey, how you doing? Yeah, which, yeah, I, I, I knew that happened once in the film. I didn't realize it happens multiple times, but that's the last time. And Yeah, even uh, uh, Frankfurter has Rocky frozen, and one of the best fourth wall breaking moments in the film happens here. So it's not even having a good time. Even smiling makes my face ache. Everything seems like everything would make Tim Curry's face ache. Like Tim, he's got Tim Curry face. Oh my god! When his own children turn on him and Magenta grows weary of this world, yeah. Yeah. She I wants to return Magenta. to Transylvania, and Frankenfurter says it can be quite generous when the mood takes him, and she snaps that she asked for nothing. He says, "You shall receive it in abundance." <laughs> no. Yeah. Now it's time for the floor show. What the fuck is the floor show? <laughs> Frank and Riff Raff leave. After Frank and Fritter leaves, Magenta and Riff Raff do that arm thing again. And oh, yeah, the big plotting motion. Yeah, the yeah. narrator's like, damn, man, that was crazy, huh? And what's up with that floor show coming up? Ain't gonna be no picnic, that for <laughs> sure. the narrator's like, oh my god, this can't be good. Whatever the hell this is gonna be, yeah. And so, I love, you see, it's, it's Frank and Furter. He's behind the scenes at a, a theater somewhere. He's got a, he's got his own sex kimono on. He's got his hair done up in rollers. He's obviously mm -hmm. getting ready for the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the statues are on stage and garters, boas, stocking, corsets. <laughs> but now they have, like, kabuki face makeup painted yeah. onto them. Yeah. Frank and Furter flits the D-Medusa switch. <laughs> Which is just, it's not even a sign. Someone forgot to make a sign for the movie, so they just wrote the words D-Medusa switch and an arrow and chalk on the wall uh -huh. to a random light switch yeah they all then they all come back to life singing their songs about however the course of the movie they got real horny for sex stuff and they all feel real sexy now you get to see columbia's tits one more time oh How is that course it don't fit her well at all huh yeah did they go out of their way to make it so she's the only one who doesn't have her nipples covered by their corset or what yeah rose uh, yeah, tits my get, world keeps me uh, safe from my kudos, trouble and pain. oh yeah um Kudos to the guys for being moving pretty well in high heels in this shit. Oh, I give major kudos for everybody moving in heels in this. Because they're all with the singing kick and dancing and shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're not just like just like stumbling around a little bit, but like yeah, they're actually. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know more about dance than I do, obviously, but yeah, fucking. 
Yeah. Hey, if you've ever seen anybody who doesn't know how to walk in heels walk, you like see, uh, you're like <laughs> driving down the street, you see like a 15 year old girl walking in heels and they're all clomp, clomp, clomp because they don't know how to walk in them. I can't even imagine. It's painfully obvious when people That's... don't know how to walk in a heel. It's like Bart mm. says, you got to go heel, toe, heel, toe. <laughs> That's one of the nice things about being a big, fat, dopey white guy. No one's ever like asked me to put on heels or anything like that, so I've never had to. I've never been threatened with, uh, with putting on heels, but like, God, I, I would imagine even as a guy, it must hurt even more because you've got all that weight coming down, even more weight, just like on your toes and everything like that. I mean, oh. no, it's just that you just don't know how to do it. So yeah, it's not like heels are a great thing to wear in general. I am surprised at high heels. Like, even before different societies started inter intermingling and stuff like that, but, like, every society came up with high heels independently. Like, it's such a weird human thing that everyone, every every culture came up with the idea of, like, what if uh, women just were on their tippy toes well, all the time? Well, it wasn't always <laughs> women. Victorian dudes were like, I like heels. Oh, uh, that's true, too. Yeah. Pantyhose, high heels, mm -hmm. and wigs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so everyone's yeah, everyone's yeah. pretty much brainwashed, and they're just uh, singing about how how much they love sex and how much they love it's, Frankie. It's a great gas that Frankie's landed. His lust is so sincere. Now it's time for Frank Bird to sing in front of a giant RKO radio tower mock-up. Why? So I guess they originally wanted to do a big 20th Century Fox logo. 20th Century Fox didn't let them do that, but somehow they... I know RKO Radio Pictures had not been around for decades before this movie got made. I don't know how they got the rights to do that instead. Mm. Uh, but it's actually a pretty good recreation of the old, yeah, RKO Radio yeah. Pictures. Uh, hey, whatever uh, happened to Fay Ray? That delicate, satin draped frame? As it clung to her thigh, how I started to cry, because I wanted to be dressed just the same. Hey, give yourself over to absolute pleasure. Come on, be horny, man. Come on. Come on, come be horny with us. I'm just gonna cut that out of the podcast. That's gonna be the top of every uh, episode from now on. This is just yeah. you. Hey, come on, yeah, come on, yeah. come be let's horny with us. Come on, <laughs> let's let's masturbate in my pool that magically just magically appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, don't dream it, be it. Oh, Everybody God. jumps in that pool. Start molesting the hell out of each other. I love everyone loses their shoes instantly because, like, mm. as 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 hard as it must be to walk in high heels, I can't imagine swimming is even any better. But yeah, I hey, like... this movie's pretty weird. <laughs> I love that Brad is licking uh, Frankfurter's pearls. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you, the, right here is when you get to see that Doctor Scott's there. He gets uh, randomly. He gets de Medusa. The says, movie Ugh. just de Medusas him. There's no Weave. one who does it because everyone who could have de Medusaed him is is in the pool. So the movie Weave. just decides, fuck it. Yeah. Got to get out of this place <laughs> before this decadence saps our will. I've got to be strong and try to hang on, or else my mind may well snap and my life. Will be lived. Oh, and he, that's he, what he's singing there. Okay. He takes out them gams. <laughs> that's great. And for being get, a wheelchair, they're very curvy. For being a wheelchair, and also you get to see perilously close to seeing that dude's butthole when he lifts <laughs> his leg up. Cause, yeah. Um, but yeah, kudos to that guy. It's beyond me. Help me, mommy. <laughs> I love the help me, mommy lines. Yeah. <laughs> I also kind of, I, I feel bad for Frank and for, or, uh, Columbia, because she's saying that she used to be a Frankie fan and stuff like that. She essentially gives her a little backstory. To, I mean, all the, we're, we're jumping back, all the stuff. Mm -hmm. And also, okay, so, like, so, it's all kind of, like, low-key and low-tempo. Then suddenly, all of a sudden, Frank my, and my, is like, my, fine, fuck my, it, my, we need my, to my. kick this. 
Yeah, we need to my, fucking my, up my, the my. tempo here until oh, wow, the movie gets her. And, okay, so not only do you have... This is the part that really impresses me. Is that everyone's not only not in kick lining and heels, but now they're all soaking wet on a soaking wet floor while they're doing it. Apparently, it was cold as fuck there too. Oh my fuck! Yeah, Susan Saranian got the pneumonia. Doing this like in the middle of the fucking like English winter. Mm -hmm. Oh my fucking god! Because I know this is on a soundstage, not at the castle, but still, fucking 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 drafty ass British studios that usually like oh god fucking yeah. These people are yeah. out of their fucking minds. I love it. What is um, this? It's Riff Raff and Magenta all dressed like weirdos. <laughs> Super weirdos, yeah. And he says your mission is a failure. For... Your lifestyle's too extreme. I'm yeah. your new commander, and you know I'm a prisoner. Prepare. We return to Transylvania. Prepare the transit beam. Tim Curry's I was about off. to say, I feel a little bad for Frankfurter's party. Get his getting his and I realize it's only a good party because he's brainwashed everyone and thinking he's a great <laughs> yeah. guy. So maybe I shouldn't feel bad for Frankfurter right here. But yeah. Yeah, Frankfurter's anyway. like, wait, I want to explain. I'm going to sing a ballad about how I'm going home. And that's the thing. I looked up the lyrics and it's just it's yeah. nothing. It's just him saying, I'm going home a whole bunch. I see cards. blue skies yeah, through the tears. Cards for sorrow. He pretends to hand out cards, cards for pains. He it imagines is, a, a whole audience of old white people watching him. It is the most dinner theater, <laughs> one-man show fucking acting here. It's great. Especially when he's still soaking wet. He's got, like, wet feathers in his hair. Oh, his eyes down. look so painful. God, he Tim looks Tim Curry, like, my dude. I don't know if it was the water in that pool or the makeup or a combination. Probably, because oh, he just looks look, blasted. Oh, and, it looks yeah, so irritated well especially they close up on his eyes too and it's just normal like bloodshot english and his eyes already look like muppet eyes so you get a close-up of that too and it just looks extra just yeah mm. fucking tim curry's slowly melting in front of us uh yeah. but yeah my again one of my favorite images is him just sitting on the steps leading up to the stage like handing out those phantom cards for pleasure yeah, that silly pain. little top knot feather thing yeah exactly it's just so fucking great but, Oh, no, uh, he's not going home. He, he, he didn't mean to mislead him with his words. Just Magenta and Riff Raff are going. He's staying here. In spirit, anyway. Oh, ho, ho. He got a fucking three-pronged laser gun he's going to shoot him with. Which I didn't get <laughs> is supposed to be a reference to the pitchfork that fucking Riff Raff is holding at the beginning of the movie when they're pretending oh, to be the American okay. Dream uh, painting. Uh, so, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Brad, that motherfucker's like, you're gonna kill him? What's his crime? Are you are you being for real, Brad? You I saw think... him kill a dude with a fucking pickaxe. I can't tell how much of that's actually supposed to be Brad versus it's is it the brainwashing stuff still I working on? I think Brad's like... just a dingus. Yeah, oh, that's that's the other thing, too, because Brad is kind of a dipshit. I mean, that's the whole point of Jad and Brad and Jenna. They're, they are just, like, normal dipshits. So they're not, like, super smart or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. then Columbia screams and Riff Raff's like, eh, and kills her for no good reason. Mm-hmm. Shoots her down with his gun. And Why did she seen... scream? Columbia could have gotten out of scot-free. And then yeah. seeing that that gun actually works real good. Uh, Frankenfurter says, well, I might as well go out dignified and just stands <laughs> there. No! He says, this just climbs all over great... the curtains, uh, <laughs> freaking yeah, out. This is such an undignified end for such a great character. It is kind of yeah. like the whole end of this movie is like legitimately sad. And 
and yeah, screaming in ways that I don't know. Tim Curry screams. Oh god! And then and then fucking he gets zapped, mm -hmm. and then he falls down. Trying and to then climb fucking the Rocky comes yeah. over and picks him up, saying, "Oh, still oh, oh. <laughs> He gets all. Which is funny because he's like, uh, despite the fact we've seen Rocky, he's talking about the sword of Damocles hanging over his head. He's a very articulate man, but now he suddenly just turns into King Kong, and he grabs. A, yeah, so do you think? Do you think Riff Raff, when he tries to shoot him and the lasers bounce off his body, is that because he's too muscular or too pure? I think it's I the, a combination of too pure and also just filled with rage. Although must mm. must happen because he finally does get worn down. He uh, climbs the RKO tower with with Frank for hanging over his back, and then oh god, I'm watching over. this now. The poor stunt man who had to carry the other stunt man in pantyhose mm. and shit. <laughs> at least they're no longer in heels while they're climbing the tower. At least they're they're yeah. like, yeah, they look like they're in like ballet slippers or something like that. So it all tips over, and they fall in the pool, and they're all <laughs> dead. I love and... when the tower tips over there and makes a cartoon dive bombing sound. Too. Yeah, and he does like... a Tarzan scream. This this moment that's supposed to be kind of sad. The movie still like is still functioning in a, in a Pee Wee Playhouse universe where shit like that happens. Then but yeah, Janet says you killed them, and Magenta says I thought you liked them. This is they liked you in the most fucking British way possible. This is the weirdest moment of the movie for me in a way that kind of like adds weird layers to the movie. Mm. The fact that like Magenta's yeah, it's kind of taken aback by this whole scene and just like, yeah, for, it's the one moment that seems to where she's earnestly just like, they liked you. And it's funny because yeah, she no longer has her Transylvania Dracula accent. She's just, yeah, they liked you. And fucking Riff Raff is so hurt by that statement. He's like, they didn't like me. They never liked me. And he got a so, tear down his face. He's so upset in a way that like it's not funny like it's legitimate like oh shit and then fucking of course fucking dr, dr. scott's Scott. like fuck yeah man you nailed it <laughs> I, I do love fucking refrass complete justified just the fuck did you say to me and he, yeah he's about to fucking dr. blast Scott's Scott like you oh, did right by me come on man he fucking uh yeah come on yeah he's, oh my God. yeah Riffrax's like yeah you should probably get out of here because we're gonna blast this bitch back up to the planet of transsexual Transylvania. Yeah, you guys got we we we've got like an animation stand all ready to go with a cardboard cut out of the castle that has to be lifted up like Poochie, ready to go. We got to get out of here because we're just burning burning yeah. money. Yeah. And so is that what happens? Because again, yep. it's not like well, there's, gonna, there's an explosion they, they, or anything. They leave and they're gonna do the time warp again back on their home planet. And... Oh, that's what it is. It's a really weird way to edit out of this scene. And then yeah, yeah the movie kind of picks up tempo a little bit because they play the music from the time warp. While then Frank, some... they show Frank and Furter's body still floating in the water. Yeah, as they laugh in the background. Yeah, so it's a little bit of the flashback back to happier times. Then they is, brought what, in Terry ago? Gilliam to animate this one part of the movie. <laughs> it is the most... I mean, it is a couple years before Star Wars and a budget that's like a fraction of Star Wars. But it's the most just like... I... What are you gonna do? Yeah, it's just Wait, the castle just literally gets poochied up into space. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it leaves Brad, Janet, and Dr. Scott laying on the yard all crawling around on the planets. And that superhero song that is the extra yeah. thing in the UK version, it's like an extra, like, verse of the yeah, just yeah. like... It's on the soundtrack. Yeah, it's... it's the they're just saying says, that they're sad, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the narrator says, And crawling on the planet's face, I'm in sex called the human race, lost in time and lost in space and meaning. And meaning, and then the credits start to roll, and the science fiction song comes back one last time. And Bill's gonna talk for a little bit while I make a pee pee. You make the pee pee. You gotta drain the lizard. 
but yeah, it's weird too because the one thing I did see from the uh, Fox Live version remake that they aired a couple years ago, uh, I guess Tim Curry played the criminologist, and so he gets the last line of the movie, which is like, you know, humans it meaningless in time and space. And there's something about post-stroke uh tim curry getting the last lines in that remake and just that's the last things he says and just kind of an extra kind of sad little thing I mean, it's already said within the context of the original film but like the fact that like that's how he goes out in the original or in the the remake too is it oh extra bit of melancholy um but yeah is the last thing we see in the movie like the criminologist like says the thing about insects on the face of the earth lost in time and yeah the glowing globe and he turns out the lights and the globe goes out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So just smash cuts the credits, and that's it. Man, I also do love the melancholy, the slowed down version of science fiction's triple feature. What the hell the song Double is? Feature. I do love the down tempo, super sad. Brian and Janet got fucked up, and everyone's sad. And so, what a weird way to end this movie that is so yeah. beloved by people as this life affirming, like woohoo, let's celebrate nonconformity with all the everyone just getting destroyed. Yeah, with so level headed and 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 not weird the rest of the movie is. <laughs> but that's what. But even yeah, then, I got it, a question, Mama. You know? What's that? So in the superhero song that they cut out of the, the, the American yeah. release or whatever, Brad's lyrics are uh, done a lot. God knows I've tried to find the truth. I've even lied. Do you think he was uh, hanging out with Dr. Scott and trying to get the information like he said he wasn't doing? Oh, I know, never occurred to me. I've only seen this movie a couple times, so it's not like I've sat with it that long. To well, think also, about you it. probably haven't seen the ending aside from today. Yeah. Or whenever you uh, watch this last. That's a really good point. That would be kind of funny if Brad is accidentally kind of the architect of all their pain now. Um, oh, that would be. Because, well, though, then, would that was that mean that Brad, like, faked getting a flat tire? No, because you see the flat tire. He kicks it when he for, yeah. for the to go inside. I mean, maybe he spent a whole lot of time driving past uh, Frank uh, Dracula's, or Frankenstein's castle, in the hope that something might happen to, to justify them having to go in and, and, and talk to Frankenstein, or Frankenfurter, but... Yeah. Uh, I do love... <laughs> well, I'm rewatching the ending now, too, right before... The image spins out uh, to the globe. I do love the Dr. Scott's wheelchair is all busted up for no reason, too. It's like they're just literally just riding well, around the, in the Well, a building dirt. did just poochie out above them. <laughs> Fucking poochie. Totally. Oh, my God. So, yeah, what have we learned? Um, shit, life sucks. <laughs> That's the real lesson of this whole movie is just like everything about this movie is... I do appreciate this movie is not trying to blow your mind with how weird it is or, like, trying to really give you a big life-affirming lesson. It's just like, eh, shit happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do, like I said, I love the melancholy nature of the reprise of the song. And, like, I love, like, whereas the, the original song is, like, Brad and Janet fighting the Triffids and shit like that. This is just, yeah, Brad and Janet are super it, fucked up and everyone's dead now. and just It's a hell of a first motion picture for Tim Curry to start out with. Jesus, he's... Has he ever he, really topped this? He's he's done well. I that, I don't know what I you mean, mean it's by top, but that's what by fucking it in the butt. Oh, <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, I you know I'm kind of surprised he wasn't he an even bigger star. Like, of course, the whole point of this he being was a, a character is, actor, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, not unfortunately, but unfortunately, but unfortunately. 
And then, you know, he escaped to space, and we haven't seen him since. Spies. Spies. I, can't, like, I, I am shocked that Tim Curry has not had a, had a bigger... I mean, granted, I know he had a big Broadway career. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, he could have probably been a Broadway star. He did a lot of voiceover been... stuff, too. Yeah, but I'm kind of surprised he was never I mean, a bigger just scroll through his IMDb. Star. He did a ton of shit. That's what I'm saying. He did a ton of stuff, and he did such an iconic role for his first time out that you think he would have been an even bigger star. And it's amazing to think that he just, like, his career, even before he had the stroke like a decade ago, just kind of wound up with him kind of like, oh, he's playing Gomez in the straight-to-DVD mm. Adams Family third movie. And... Yeah, he was never above doing a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, so. so yeah, it's not for lack of effort or anything like that, but... Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. I mean, like, even then, he went straight from this. He was, like, like he was in, in, in Annie. Okay, uh, I should say, I am not disagreeing with you. He should have been a colossal huge See, that's what I'm star. saying. Well, I'm like, not, maybe, I'm like, so of course he was not going to play Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> What's that one? Oh, my God. <laughs> not all the Nazis. He's it constantly like, in a museum. <laughs> when the fucking arc opens up and he starts giggling at the arc and, and the force of God is just like eh. <laughs> no thanks <laughs> no thanks no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not collecting you you can stay put holy shit Indiana Jones are freaking me out um, but yeah oh my god but yeah I'm kind of surprised he was even more of a well I guess he did he originated the role of uh, we talked about this he was what, uh, Amadeus he played uh Who's the main guy from Amadeus? Um, Scaramucci? Oh, that so, guy. It would have been fascinating if he had gotten that role for, like, the film version. I wish, I wish, let's put it this way, I just wish he had a couple bigger, like, bigger Oscar. I wish he had been rewarded, been rewarded by Hollywood more than he was. He still got yeah. a ton of work and stuff like that, but... Oh, my God. I wonder if it's kind of that face. It's weird to think just exactly a decade after this, he was doing Clue. And and Clue, you think he would have been doing bigger stuff than Clue? Is all I'm saying. Yeah, it's so like as Congo. much as I love Clue, Congo fucking... or I know I've never seen Congo. No, why would you? I know that's yeah. We're never gonna talk about it on the podcast either because who gives a fuck? But yeah, I, yeah. So I, I'm trying to think. Yeah, it's Rocky Horror. At least in terms of the movies I've seen him in, it's Rocky Horror. Annie, Legend. Is it, go straight to Clue, Legend, and only because we've done that on the podcast. And man, he's such a good devil. He's so good in that, even yeah. even through all that fucking ridiculous makeup. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's weird to think he pretty much did Legend and Clue back to back, which that's a hell of a swing. Yeah, and uh, Lost Home Alone two. <laughs> uh, and aside from, I'm trying to think of the stuff that's not just like little clips, like The Worst Witch or uh, uh, Space Commander, whatever the hell that video game is. But... I like Oscar, all right. What's Oscar? Oscar's a Sylvester Stallone comedy of errors. Oh, he's actually in that? Yeah. He oh, plays he true. plays uh Sylvester Stallone has a daughter who's getting elocution lessons or however you pronounce that. God, to, to talk better. It's uh Marissa Tomei. And he's oh, teaching okay. her to talk better. And he's that's one of the few roles where he's actually a good guy. Yeah. It's in Fern Gully? Yeah, he's the bad guy in Fern Gully. Oh, there's Muppet Treasure Island, which, mm-hmm. of course, we've talked about, too. Mm-hmm. Shadow. Yeah, he has, oh man, he has done a lot of voice acting. I didn't realize he did that much. Because I know he did voice acting for some, like, you know, Disney Afternoon type shit. But, like, I didn't realize he did that many, like, uh, feature films. Yeah. yeah. Ginger Clown, Once Upon a Christmas Village, Queer Duck, the movie? Sure, why not? Yeah. Strange Frame? 
What the? I Crocodile, the Marzipan Pig. He's done a lot of voice acting. Yeah, like I didn't in, know he's in... Darth Sidious. What? In the Clone Wars. Well, that must be the 2D animated things. 2012 actually, to 14. Man, how was he, he not the Emperor in Star Wars? Like, live mm. action from the start, because that would have been perfect. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah, Jesus. I mean, not every Tim Curry role has just to be him just cackling at everybody, but... Oh my god, of course there's It too, which that's, yeah. you know, the, that's the movie that really made a meal out of his mouth. Yeah. yeah, that's... Oh, he's in The Hunt for Red October? I need to see The Hunt for Red October. I've always heard good things about that. That might be a Tardy the Party project someday. Who knows, someday, but this time it was a uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Hey, that's a good movie! Oh, this is the other note I took that uh -huh. I wanted to make sure I mentioned on the thing. So, Magenta's husband, I guess she was married to while filming this, had once been married to Maggie Smith. Mm. The What's-Her-Face from Harry Potter. Yeah. Which, to think that someone in this world has stuffed their dick both into Magenta <laughs> from from Rocky Horror and one of the teach and one of the wizards from, from Harry Potter is really fucking weird. Yeah. Like, that guy's gotta... He's gotta have a magic dick. But... God damn. So, yeah, hey, if you ever want to be show. sad... Oh, anyway, changing the oh, subject no. completely. Yeah. And go watch clips from the Fox version of uh, the remake of this that they did. Yeah. Because who would you get to play Meatloaf's part? Adam Lambert? Yeah, sure. Why not? What's he Adam fit. Lambert? That's the guy that played Eddie. <laughs> and he... I didn't say clarify. That's the thing. Aside from Tim Curry, and I'm sure there's one or two cameos from other guys from the original production in that thing, I would not know anyone you would cast. Anyone Fox would cast. In a live remake airing of, oh god, it's depressing. Did you know there's an unofficial sequel to this? Was it shot following Brad and Jenny? Yeah. I've heard I've heard it so bad that even Richard O'Brien has been like, we shouldn't have done that. That was a mistake. Because <laughs> I think it's like it's the thing where like I think Brad and Janet show up there, but they're played by different actors. But aside from that, you have most of the same cast show up as different characters though. Mm -hmm. And everyone just says it's like I guess it's that Denton, Ohio town. That technically Rocky Horror takes place in is like it gets taken over by a, someone who decides to turn the whole town into a TV studio, so it's just an excuse for a bunch of like TV skits. It sounds terrible. It doesn't sound actually. I wonder if that's on iTunes actually. I, I, that's that's the true mark of something so bad. And iTunes doesn't even carry it. Shock treatment. Nope, not on there. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, nice. Oh god, yeah. So that's yeah, that, that, that's some Rocky Horror. Yeah, um, it's good. I like it still. It, there's a reason why it's a nonconformist. That's the other thing too, because this, this, this is coming out in 1975. This is such a touchstone for nonconformist culture, um, and it's nice to see something that has been held in such high regard by so many people that actually turns out to be actually worthy of everyone jerking off about it for the last 50 years. That's yeah. I'm glad we checked this out. So it holds up for you for. Someone who have, having kind of grew up with this, yeah, seen a long time. Not yeah, 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 yeah. Good shit. Brad Songs are still fun. Still, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, that's weirdly I'm kind of weirdly melancholy about that now. After watching it, like that extra slightly even sadder ending, kind of, kind of bums me out a little bit. But no way, that's good. It's good melancholy. 
I'm glad to see something that's both celebratory of life, but also isn't trying to pretend that everything's like all fucking roses and 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 shit. So, <laughs> thanks, thanks, Richard O'Brien for Rocky Horror. Sounds like you're a weirdo, but you're a weirdo on, on the side of the angels, I guess. Coming from two normal, normal, normal dudes. The two straight white brightest heteronormative. Yeah, I mean, I wanna, I wanna eat da Daniel Craig's ass in a ham sandwich, but <laughs> aside from that, um, aside God, from that. The top of iTunes, there's been this fucking documentary called Trump Card with this really wishy-washy looking Indian dude. You're just like, every time I go into the, the movie iTunes thing, that, that's already always at the top of it. Ugh, get that fucking shit off my TV screen. Hey, what are we anyway. doing next time, Bill? What are we doing next time? Halloween continues. Is this our last Halloween thing? Are we doing Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, finally? <laughs> Wait, is that an actual movie? <laughs> uh-huh. I always forget about stuff. I guess this is going to be our... Because this is going up on the 21st, I think. God, are we already that late in October? Yeah, yeah. so this is going Yeah, so this is going up a couple days before Halloween. Um, yeah, might as well. I was thinking about maybe doing Halloween Town or something like that, but I figured we could do that next year if we want to do, like, the worst witch in Halloween Town is, like, a shit sandwich of, like, weird 80s stuff. But, uh, yeah, we might as well round it out next week with Dawn of the Dead. All right. Um, the good Dawn of the Dead. I always forget that this fucking Zack Snyder made a shitty remake. Like, I guess like already 15 years ago, but... Yeah, so... <laughs> I'll punch you in the face with more... I promise this is at least a little bit better than Dawn of the Dead... Or A Night of the Living Dead. Mm. There's more plots. It's not just... It's the main characters just don't sit on a couch going... For, for 90 minutes. Thank goodness for that. Uh, what's I'm thinking about a Simpsons joke. Where's where's is there a scene in the Simpsons where someone's like, "Clown's gonna get me. Clown's gonna get me." Yeah, can't sleep. Yeah. Clowns will eat me. That's kind of like what Barbara is, and throughout for most of the. Okay, that's well, that's that's fitting that I is that a Treehouse of Horror episode? No, that's the one. It's a flashback episode where Comer makes the bed for Bart, the clown. Okay, bed. but yeah, the, the bed doesn't actually come to life. That's no. just Bart being terrified by the. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That one cloud bed. Okay, yeah. But Dawn of the Dead, 1978 okay. version. Also, uh, just for reference, uh, there's yeah. literally four different versions of that movie. We'll be talking about the theatrical version, which, if you have the DVD set that came out like 15 years ago, that I think that's the one with the commentary from George Romero and Tom Zavini. It's a very good listen. So check that out. It's weird because Don. Ah, that's actually Dawn of the Dead has not been in circulation for ever since pretty much that DVD set came out 15 years ago. So hopefully people have rips of it or something like that because you can't get it on iTunes or I don't think it's on like on Amazon Prime or anything like that too. So hopefully, yeah, somebody you guys will find a way to uh, find Dawn of the Dead. But it's a good movie. We'll talk about it next week. Rocky yeah. Horror. I don't have anything clever to say about it other than I salute you, Frank Furter. You're a hot dog, Frank Foto. You better not hurt her. He's um, muttering on Twitter. I'm the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. Party, party podcast on Twitter. Party podcast. I found all that stuff. I know this wasn't a very Halloween-y, but it was, Bill made the stipulation he wanted to do it in October. So we're doing it in October. Even though he doesn't remember ever saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. We got it done. It's, it's, that's October-y shit. That's Halloween-y shit. Rocky Horror is totally Halloween-y stuff. They filmed and, it during this time. And Duke gets so. chopped up. Mm. So even for that. So yeah, it's, it's a Halloween classic. And I, you know what? That's the other thing, too. I was going to... We didn't really talk about how this movie has been a staple of, of midnight screenings. Mm -hmm. And I got to thinking about how, like... Because I've always talked about how this movie, once it started hitting the midnight circuits, it's never left circulation. It's been 
like, I think people, I don't know if it's actually true, but people claim it's technically never left its first run. Because it's just, like, once it was released in theaters, it just never left, because some people would keep it out and, you know, like, showing it for midnight screenings. And that got me thinking about, I guess the only thing that would kill midnight screenings of Rocky Horror would be the pandemic, with everything else going on. And I looked to see if there had been any screenings of Rocky Horror local local here in Portland uh, recently, and I saw, nope, last night, uh, the last night there was a theater in town that showed Rocky Horror, so... Mm. Screenings are still going. It may be killing people, but people are still getting together to watch that shit. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Well. But I think Rocky Horror may outlive a film, a movie theaters as a medium. It's yeah. it's been around for that long, for almost fifty years now. So yeah. Next time, okay. more zombos. More zombos, and then we go back to our regular schedule of Disney Plus. What are the fuck bullshit? Do you know what the next Disney Plus thing is gonna be? I think it's shorts. It is. Oh, we're gonna cl- clear off the last little bit of the forty shorts and go into the fifties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. I think there's. I think we have a couple more Pluto sh- things to. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think last, Pluto last... sweaters on there and shit. <laughs> God. Oh yeah, because I forgot we technically watched that, but we didn't record about that yet. So. Okay. We'll All let right. you guys go. Come back next week. Hopefully, you'll survive. Man, it's gonna be a super bummer because Halloween this year is on a Saturday. There's a full moon. Not that anyone's going to be that worried about that because the election is a couple days after, but it's the perfect Halloween this year. How? Oh, it's it's a heartbreaker, but hopefully in seven years from now, we'll get another perfect Halloween again, so. I oh, hope everyone well. goes out, buy candy, eat your own candy. I guess everyone, <laughs> instead of sending their kids trick-or-treating, they'll just be like, here, 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 I bought you five pounds of Reese's Cups. Um. Yeah, that. You, oh, what? Taken... Okay, not to no, drag sound too young. Further. He, too oh, okay. he was too young Good. the last two years. Okay, so hopefully maybe next year. Who knows? Okay. Who knows? We'll go. We'll go. Leave you this in an- anticipation. See, if I'm smart, I'll cut that and just make the start of next week's episode. Just put in the fucking music from the anticipation game. <laughs> Whatever. I got, okay, I'm going to do that now. Let's be for it. Okay, cool. All uh, right. Yeah, blasting off. Oh, no, somebody's lifting up my house's cardboard. Ah! No wonder the house was in such disrepair. Everything's made out of cardboard. I mean, I guess, I mean, the fact that, like, a man in a wheelchair could bust through the wall kind of suggests that maybe the building codes of that, that castle weren't all that great, so. Okay. All right, we're going to jump to the left. Guy here, good boy. Oh god, now it's gonna be stuck. Oh no, we're fine.